All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast. You're about to listen to episode two of this podcast. However, just a couple of housekeeping notes before we start. One, I do know that the audio this week is not as good as last week. I unfortunately made some mistakes with how I recorded this week's podcast, but you know, it's growing pains. We're going to get better. We're only on episode two, so we'll definitely improve the quality of the show moving forward. And one final note, if you are enjoying the show, you can go support us by going to patreon.com slash forward FGC Hollywood, as well as rating us on on your favorite podcast apps such as Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and all that jazz. So, without further ado, here is episode two of FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast. Enjoy. FGC Hollywood, stay classy. Like post-apocalyptic type Mad Max life. It's like Corona really out here. Twenty twenty is really out here putting it working, man. <laughs> it just doesn't stop. Every time you think it's going to be like, well, maybe we're, you know, heading to a, towards a nicer <laughs> path now. We're in the fall. Nope. It's always something. Uh, it's taking souls, but it's all right. We'll take souls back, you know? Right. Hey, as long as you're breathing. Yeah, man, I'm all right, but it's uh, it's pretty rough uh, around here. Even the cat is feeling it, which is funny. <laughs> He's like sneezing. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, man. And it, it's weird because I've never seen this before. So I've not lived in the West Coast that long, only for like a couple of years compared mm-hmm. to the East Coast. And so I'm so used to hurricane season, you know, living in around right. like Florida and stuff like that. So out here, it's like it feels like it's like daytime always till it's night. It's like Jesus. <laughs> so I think it's messing with the cats like um uh, I don't know if you know ever heard of this thing called like the circadian rhythm, I think it's called. And it's like your internal clock in a way. And I think it kind of mm-hmm. messes with his. I don't know if animals have it, but I think they do. But humans do definitely. What's that one place? Is it like Greenland or Iceland where it's half like half year is light and then the other half? is Oh, darkness? yeah, yeah. I think it, actually it's more so more more on the dark side as opposed to like half of the year. Mm. Yeah, that oh. sucks. I lived in England for a period of time over there, man. And like the winters, it'll get nighttime at like 4 p.m., man. It's wild. I would go to work at, in the dark and come out of the work at the dark. <laughs> that's, that's wild. Could you imagine yeah, my kids man. going to school, like getting out of bed? It's like just darkness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's actually I actually liked it. But <laughs> but they have this thing where it's like this happy light. So you don't get depressed because it's just so dark. Because mm. a lot of people get like, uh, you know, seasonal depression. So it really yeah. does help them and stuff like that. What about vitamin D, though? You would have to like supplement that, right? Yeah, that's true, man. I mean, I, I don't think I had too much of an issue with vitamin D. But yeah, I probably have to take supplements for that. That's why they have like some of those. Uh, the, the happy light basically has that. It's really, really bright. And it kind of gives that kind of like that synthetic fake-ish, but still something vitamin d yeah it's wild over there in england too it's but. like have you ever seen that trailer uh the game turned out to be so terrible but the trailer was really cool it was called we happy few where he takes like happy oh pills. yeah dude that trailer was so <laughs> interesting and then yeah, yeah i heard the game was trash <laughs> it was terrible it was so bad but the, the initial trailer was just like man this looks like bioshock just made an indie i was like i was so interested yeah, when I, played yeah, the game. Yeah. <laughs> I was like jesus this is terrible <laughs> every enemy was the same like literally like same face and then same movement it was just really bad ai terrible oh man that sucks yeah Hope you didn't pay full price <laughs> no i didn't <laughs> i didn't good, good. that's all that matters uh, yeah but yeah man i'm uh first of all i'm glad that you're alive you're still breathing everybody you know the cat's doing fine and we'll try to get you out of here obviously i don't want you burning on me i need you for next <laughs> week <laughs> <You're> right <laughs> uh, but yeah this uh this week we have 
it's kind of weird. We don't have a lot of FGC stuff. We have we have some, but it's mostly other things that could pertain to the FGC. So if you've already seen the show notes, you probably know what I'm talking about. But when I was building yeah, so. the show notes this week, um, yeah, it was it was kind of interesting that how we had the general gaming news kind of make a difference for us, potentially, right? We don't know yet. But before we get started, I just wanted to say two things. One shout outs to the Salt Shakers podcast. I was on there. They're good old New Zealand boys. They had me on just to talk about fighting games. And that was really cool. I'm a big supporter of podcasts. So go check them out. If you're in New Zealand, if you're not in New Zealand, they do good work promoting those guys and their players and their content creators. So shout out to Drax for having me on. That was cool. Yeah, I heard it, man. It was pretty good. I liked it, man. Uh, yeah, he, he does a really good job of the way he, he does his show. I like the fact that he has like clips that are playing while yeah he's, he's really professional like if, if you haven't heard the salt shakers podcast really really cool they got they got some cool content going over there so shout out to new zealand lastly this one i found more interesting right like so ever since we started uh fgc hollywood i saw like my sub count drop and then pick back up which i was just like man that's so interesting it's just like people are already starting to make allegiances which i, th I thought was really cool like there's a, a transition or i don't know what you call that exactly where it's you know people are figuring out it's like okay i'm not for this and then like new people pick it up so I, I just thought it was cool like it was yeah it's like wait a minute they're right this game is trash or something like that <laughs> like yes it is bad yes it is bad. so we lost all of the grand blue fantasy people and we gained all the persona people <laughs> that's pretty much what happened ah oh, dude r.i.p man grand blues oof. Oh, we'll talk about that probably later but yeah that, yeah that game's been pretty much on a decline lately mm -hmm. and yeah and yeah we'll definitely talk about that later I actually have something special for that so without further ado we have get to know your hollywood question of the week and this one has to do with main characters so pringle do you remember the first fighting game character that you mained and if you do what was the attribute about them that made you go that's the one Dang, man. I don't know. It, maybe. <laughs> I guess my first fighting game character would probably have been like uh, Peacock from Skullgirls, man, when I first mm. played that game. But I did play the game around the same time I was playing Ultimax. So. But I think I played Skullgirls a little bit before that. And I, I would say, yeah, that one, because if I gave, if I said, yeah, Street Fighter 4, I played a little bit of it. And I was like, all right, let me play. Uh, what was it on Street Fighter 4 I played? I think it was Sakura, but I didn't really pay much attention to the game. So I don't really want to say that one. I wasn't too serious with it, but I'd say Peacock. And really, it was only because of the fact that she was like hella annoying. Like, I just wanted to play <laughs> something really freaking annoying, man. It, it was pretty fun at the time. That I, I don't think she was like, I don't really play her. I just play her for fun nowadays. But I do remember that she was like one of the, one of the first characters I played and got really into. She's a sick character. I love the way yeah. she just talks trash. Like, I yeah, love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's, she's, she's pretty awesome. fun, man. Yeah, she's pretty fun. Great animations, too. I love my favorite yeah. Peacock animation is her walking back all smugly-like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Everyone loves that one, dude. Imagine yeah. when there's, like, an item drop happening and you have that. And that's an actual, like, mix-up where you could just walk back and forth. Mm -hmm. and you have a 50-50, a legit 50-50 where you could go left and right overhead. So... Yeah, no, she's fun. I love Peacock. She's awesome. That's a that's a good choice. But I, I will say mine was the first one that I remember playing. I'm sure I've played ones before, but the one that I remember playing was Lily in Tekken Five. Ooh, um, man. Five BR. Right when when her and Dragonov joined the game with Tekken Five's update, I was just like, yeah, Lily. And I think the only reason I picked her is because I didn't really like Jin. I played Jin at the time, and he was cool, but he was kind of like 
too emo? <laughs> and I was just like, nah. Dude. <laughs> Yo, man, yeah, yeah, I get you. It's like, why why all the black? Why all of this? What's up with you, man? You, yeah. And the hair yeah. and just like the way he talks. I was just like, man, I really like the hook fist, but like, God, yeah, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I picked Lily just because she... I liked her fighting style. It almost like incorporated both like ballet, gymnastics, and a little bit like a Taekwondo style. So I was like, this is interesting. And the fact that she's, I just like smug women that like aren't your regular. You know what they say about Lily players, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know what they say about Lily players. <laughs> hey, some of it is true too. That they love feet. <laughs> Mo I'll say this. As a Lily player, most Lily players are definitely perverts. Like yeah. they just pick her. <laughs> Yeah, I played so much. Which gives Lilies. us a bad rap. Yeah, I played so much Lilies in Tekken Seven, and I would see them never use shoes on their character. Man, I was like, "What's oh up with God. that, man?" That is that is a really strange thing. Yeah, I yeah, I play Lily really disadvantageously. I find because Lily is known for like just party, right? Just go yeah. ahead and party, and you you should win. But I play Lily like super safe. And she only has like four safe moves. And I just used like the basics, like down forward one, back one, down forward three. And they kind of took away a lot of the... It's, it's kind of weird. Within the seasons, it looks like Bandai Namco really wants Lily to party more. But it's like, man, she can't party all the time. Like you can only win, especially in a long set. Like, man, if you party in, in 10 games or 20 games, you're not going to win that. You might win two out of three, three out of five, maybe, if the guy can't adapt. But after a long set and a deathmatch, man, you can't party. It's just like, it doesn't work. They definitely made her more into that. I think, I felt like she was a counter poker at one point, but I guess that's not like a thing. It's very tough to make that your number one game plan. But yeah, her punishment game was really good. But man, it doesn't matter how good you punish if you get carried for 80%, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got these dudes making combo videos and I'm like, that's not cool though. Like, <laughs> Yeah, man. But yeah, uh, so Lily and Peacock, interesting first, first mains. I like that. All right, man, we'll get to some fighting game news. And this one's on me. I, I totally goofed last week. I forgot this. So last week they had the Arxis, or not Arxis, I guess Guilty Gear developments or developers backyard which is basically like a little blog where arxis devs answer questions that's submitted by the community and this happened last week and i totally forgot to put it in but it did bring up an interesting point which are simple and easy two different concepts in fighting games there was a question there are a few there are a few questions on this backyard but there was one question that i found the most interesting and the response was interesting too so one question that was submitted was is your goal with guilty gear strive to create a complex fighting game or a simpler one i believe there were two or three developers that were answering questions one was daisuke obviously and the other one was katano and i think there was one more but i only quoted katano in this one and he said first i'd like to establish that we believe that quote unquote simple and quote unquote easy are two separate concepts and he went on to explain how previous iterations of guilty gear were hard to understand from like a presentation standpoint like if you just watch guilty gear as a non-fighting game player there's so much stuff going on you can't make the concept of what's happening it's just not very easily translatable from a presentation standpoint which i actually agree with there's a lot going on in guilty gear it's really fast mm -hmm. he said and i quote making the appearance of moves and general impression of the game easier to comprehend compared to the previous iterations so that's what their goal is with strive but he still says that they plan to incorporate different techniques accordingly to not take away guilty gear's unique appeal because that's really what makes guilty gear guilty gear right he then settled on saying instead of like taking things away they want to focus on a proper rank system that 
and I quote, makes it easy for them, the players, to play with others who are around the same skill level. So basically he's talking about when he says them, he means newcomers to Guilty Gear. So they don't just get mopped by like, you know, veteran savvy <laughs> people who have played, you know, Guilty Gear for years, which I know I kind of want to dissect that point before we get to the other ones. But isn't that already a given? Like, yes, you want to make a proper ranking system. That was a little weird to me, that answer specifically. Yeah, man, I read through it too, man. Um, all of his answers were kind of like weird. The whole, well, simple and easy are two different things. I'm like, come on, man. When you hear the word simple, you think of easy. You hear the word easy, you think of simple. That's the whole point. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't, when you hear complicated, you think the word's hard. It's like, well, it's complicated, so it must be hard because that makes it so that it's not like you got to do a lot more stuff to make it easy and simple. The ranking thing is, I'll be honest with you, man. When it comes to the ranking stuff, I feel like it all sucks. So like, <laughs> and hearing him mention how he wants to do the ranking, it would have helped. But then there's a part of me where it's like, sometimes you need to get that check. You know, you need to get that that random dude that's like, oh, hey, what's up, mm -hmm. everybody? And then he just destroys everything in five seconds or less or whatever. And it's like, it's a good right. way to kind of go about understanding that, well, at least this is how it works, man. There's one thing I like about fighting games, and it kind of reminds me of this is how life is. It's going to body you. You're not going to like it. And you got to suck it the hell up. And it's like, sometimes it really is like that. But I don't know. If they manage to make it work, great. But I don't know, man. From what I've seen a lot with the ranking structures, I think they all kind of suck. Like, there hasn't been one. I don't know if there has been one that you know of that's really good. I've heard people say Street Fighter Fives isn't so bad. But then it's like, there's so many ranks that it's like, you already have people that hide from uh ranks or use burner accounts in those situations right and then you have which i think something he mentioned is the fact that you will have people that don't like to lose their points so they'll try to avoid any kind of game or whatever mini game or setup whatever it is in the video game or the fighting game that will make it so that mm -hmm. they can avoid losing points which is right there that's the problem people don't like losing points like that's the problem with a lot of those ranking structures as soon as you lose more and more points you don't want to go into rank so then people end up just going into the normal matchmaking stuff where like they don't lose anything which is better sometimes most of the time especially with, like with tekken 7 that was the remember i don't know if you remember tekken 7 in the beginning where you couldn't see how to when you were close to your next rank yeah you didn't in know season one yeah i love that like i'll be <laughs> i love that because it's like okay it makes people play kind of with the uncertainty of not knowing so then it's like i could play how i want to but as soon as those points get close people are like they get really bad they play desperate it's ah it like ruins it every every time it's like now he's playing for points and it's like he's not trying to take any risk he's he's playing like real safe but in a bad way or gimmicky and stuff like that so i don't know i i'd love to see if they can incorporate an actually pretty good ranking but from what i see i don't i don't, I don't think so <laughs> yeah no you actually make a really good point i can't think of just top of my head who had a really good ranking system in any fighting game they're all kind of trash aren't they yeah, man, I'd love to see if someone knows in the comments section, but from what I've seen, they all booty. Like, uh, I remember Ultimax, for instance, there was a point where I heard ranking was played like like when it was coming out, like right around its release. Oh, every day, every day, every day. Then, boom, it died. Nobody plays it. They just mm -hmm. go into the lobby. It's Guilty Gear, the same situation. And I think I'd say Grand Blue, the same way, where people were really into it, and then they just went into the normal lobbies, and they just played that way. Because it's like, sometimes what happens, too, is that in the ranking systems, it almost feels like a waste of time, because sometimes they'll matchmake you with somebody, and you can only play them two or three times, first to three. And then you mm -hmm. got to go to somebody else, and then you got to wait for somebody else. 
And then you got to do that and do this. The one thing that's good about Street Fighter Five system, and I guess like Tekken 7, but I don't like it too much in Tekken 7, is that there's a training room when you're waiting for your ranked match. So there you go. But the problem with Tekken 7 is that the load time was so horrendous. So sometimes yeah. you'd get a match and then... I, there are times where I'd wait at least like five to ten minutes, literal five to ten minutes, just for waiting that for that next match. And then the dude either rage quits or he doesn't even like he, he, <laughs> he bounces after quits. the first. Yeah, he definitely rage or he bounces the first <laughs> match. And then it's like this is a waste of time. This ranking is like booty, man. It's trash. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Man, just to go off on a little tangent, don't you hate it when, like, you'll lose the first one, you'll get a rematch, you'll beat the guy, and then he just leaves it a one-on-one? Like, <laughs> Dude, there's been times where I have to do that just because I have to leave or something, but it it, it never feels good. You always feel sorry. It's like, no. you're really going to leave after you beat me? Or after you win? After, like, a couple of closure. matches? closure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a cliffhanger you play someone for like five matches and you beat them once and then they leave oh man that's that like that pisses me off like it, it pisses anyone it don't piss me off no more but it's like come on really you're gonna do me like that like you know <laughs> oh well well i guess back to guilty gear so katano then closed by saying that guilty gear strive will be difficult in a different way then this is the part i really didn't like he said the guilty gear strive will be difficult in a different way than legacy Guilty Gear games, saying that for years, players have been mastering techniques and more intricate practices with the aid of legacy skill, which contributed to optimize high-level play. And the final quote that read by Katano said, however, our goal for this game is to create something new and equally challenging for all players. You know what I got out of that? He means that what kind of like what happened with Street Fighter V, where you saw the middle kind of get cut down Uh and the lower level could compete with a higher level because legacy skill made like no difference. Oh, if, man. Well, not maybe not no difference, but very little. I don't like that at all. Like there's a reason why it's called legacy skill because you were there all the way back grinding while the new player wasn't. So I think you should have an advantage. It's just a matter of, you know, sticking with the game throughout its multiple iterations. And you want to take that away because you think you saw the optimized high level play. So you think you just saw the ceiling of the game and that's where it's at. Now you want to see something different. I, I don't agree with that at all. Do you actually, you just made me think it almost feels like they're trying to make the ceiling. You know what I mean? They're trying to limit and make right. it so that everybody can just touch the roof without even like jumping. So it's mm-hmm. like, dude, I hate that, man. And I think that that's what happened with Tekken 7 as an example. They kept pushing the roof lower and lower. It almost feels like because the game in the beginning was a bit more, it wasn't as like a, a damage heavy and stuff like that. But then as mm-hmm. the game kind of went on, it started becoming more on mix ups and on resets and like, it's like, Oh, Marvel grime, man. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. And and I didn't even say in the iteration of Tekken 7, they made uh, Korean backdashes slower and, and they made the game inherently slower, which I'd almost say it made it so that the game was easier for newcomers to pick up because there's just so much things in the game where it's like it works and then they get a counter hit punish and they get like 50% of your health and they're just pretty much mashing, man. Like they're not even, they're not moving and it's so hard to move in that game. So I definitely don't agree with that. And like, that was one of the things with uh, Strive from when I saw it. I didn't get to play it too because I did it. I don't know if, did you ever get to play it? No, I didn't even register. I I did register and I didn't get it, which I feel offended for. <laughs> I was like, I got Grand Blues key, but you won't hook me up with the stride. I was playing Rev 
for like almost like a year by the time uh strive came on and i was like watching it and they really did change um a lot of things uh if they're like cutting off stuff and, and you, you can already tell like for instance may um i was like so i'm a may player i'm that mm -hmm. degenerate may player right so <laughs> i hit people and get like 60 70 percent of their health right in yeah. strive what they did is that they took out like one of her huge like they changed her special is pretty much completely outside of her command grab. They took out the ability for her to use dolphins and for like Oki stuff. And she could set up basically what we call SeaWorld. She could set up these dolphins and set up Oki and do all kinds of crazy stuff. Well, they pretty much took all that away. And they also took one of her beach ball components in the last game and they made it more like a straight projectile instead of like it would be an item that's just in the screen. So they already chopped the characters. Like they chopped a huge part of what the character has and it alienate those legacy players that they always seem to want to alienate and it really helps the new players up because they made May's um list so much smaller in comparison to what it was it was bigger so much bigger in accent core i think a lot of everyone's every character had a much bigger list of moves in accent core and i think that's what they were trying to do with rev they made it smaller but i definitely don't agree at all with that stuff and it, it's weird man it, i don't know why they have this um this thing where they're trying to make it like equal man like screw equal man let's just right. try to balance it well enough so that every character has a chance against every other character but equal man you might as well just go away with your perfect world because that don't exist man <laughs> no there's got to be like who is the best and i want to know who's the best not because everybody else has been made already really good just from the start like i want to see everybody start from the same point and then let's see who rises to the top right seriously you know you mentioned it like th they're lowering the ceiling it feels like with previous generations of fighting games the sky was the limit and yeah, now oh, for it, real <laughs> now the limits of the sky like that's just how it is yeah all i gotta do is touch the clouds now man <laughs> It's like it's right there and everybody can reach it because we'll give you a platform. But you're right about plus R. Like I'm playing plus R right now for review and I, I play fighting games and that game mm -hmm. is like I'm even I'm taken back. I'm like, whoa, yeah, this game man. has a lot. I played it with a friend and I was like, damn, there's a lot of like a lot of more. There's so much. And, and I will say I was I still am pretty mad, but Strive didn't get rid of YRCs. I know that YRC is now a big component to the game, but. I just mm -hmm. hate the fact that what happened with YRC, so if you don't know, man, the technology of the YRC is basically that at any point in any button you press, or even if you whiff it, doesn't matter, you can essentially YRC it and for like 25% meter, which in Guilty Gear, it's easy already to build meter. You can always, you can get away with doing anything. I like, hate that shit. Yeah, man, I, I don't like it. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people like it at this point because it's been a thing. I think they changed it a lot more in Strive, but I still don't like it. Cause like in rev two you could command grab and then you could wire see the command grab and then you're safe so even if it was like it required a really fast input it was still bullcrap because you basically get a get out of jail free card with 25 percent mm -hmm. meter which a game already has like 100 so it's really easy to build that meter you get meter literally from just walking forward and back in rev like walking forward you get meter i do also want to say that it's weird because in, in strive they didn't they, they if they want to make it better for the players I'm amazed they haven't taken a negative penalty or whatever that crap is called. Yeah, negative penalty yeah. where like you walk back and you lose all your meter or you don't, you play defensive for too long and you lose all your meter. Like what the hell is that crap, man? They, they limit in more of what people can play. If I want to play lame as hell, let me play lame as hell. You know, those mechanics were actually also in Persona, but I don't believe like with Persona, 
I don't believe you could have done it unless it was on hit or block and it was 50 mm. meter. It wasn't 25. So if you wanted to one more cancel to make yourself safe because you, you thought somebody was going to get hit or not and it's unsafe, or if you want to cancel moves to other moves, you can use the one more cancel for 50 meter, but you can't do it on whiff. And I don't See, believe you can do it on command grabs either. Yeah. So that's the thing that makes, that's why I don't like it in like uh, Rev too. And and even Strive, I think they're changing it more on Strive, but that's one of the things that I really didn't like. The ability to do it on whiff is, oh man, dude, that's busted, man. That's like option selecting basically in the game, man. I think the For game even Rev meter. Too, yeah, yeah. I think the game even teaches you not. I remember in a tutorial, it's like this is on an option selector. It's like why? <laughs> That's crazy. That's such an advanced tactic for like somebody to put in a tutorial. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't be in there, but like, dude, if I just got into fighting games and I'm learning what an option select is, man, that's like, that's way too much. Yeah, dude. I don't like hate him, hate him, but like, man, for 25 meter and on whiff, yeah, not my cup of tea. Maybe if you made the meter, if you made me spend more meter and you took away the whiff part, I would have been like, okay. So that's what they did in Act in Accent Core. It was like it was basically your normal. I think Blaze Blaze Blue still does it. You could DP if you have 50 meter and you can make it safe. Persona does it, and Accent Core did it before. It's just in Rev they made that new. Hmm. Interesting. Oh well, we'll uh, keep trying to figure out what's going on with Strive. It's scheduled obviously for I think first quarter next year, unless it gets delayed because it seems everything gets delayed. I'm sure they're they'll do more dev backyards and we'll get some more information. But you know who's really good at giving us information or quote unquote clues spelled with a K? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Is uh, Ed Boone himself. So this was also I believe last week, maybe a couple days. And you know I don't play Mortal Kombat or NRS games but I appreciate Ed Boone because he's such a troll and he's like one of the guys that actually uses social media right like he doesn't get into like the whole toxic bullshit but he just uses it for like promoting mortal combat related memes and i, I like that like it's just funny yeah, seriously dude so uh ed boone who's the co-creator of mortal combat and creative director of netherrealm studios if anybody doesn't know or lives under a rock he's been doing what he does best obviously which is you know trolling on twitter and mostly with like the nrs community but this time there was some speculation that maybe this one means more so on sunday September 6, 2020, Boone put out a tweet showing two drinking glasses next to each other with the caption, what are you trying to say, universe? The two drinking glasses in question were a red glass, which was kind of see-through, with the classic Dragon Ball Z logo on it, and the other was a clear glass, and I believe it had milk in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That man drink a tall glass of milk like a baby. <laughs> it was a lot of milk. <laughs> so unless he's like cooking or something i don't know what he's doing that's a lot of milk anyway it had the mortal Kombat logo on it and it had like a play on a fatality command with the quote like finish it so those two glasses were taken picture with both of them right next to each other so speculation quickly came and that perhaps maybe there's going to be a dragon ball cross mortal Kombat game in the works or in the future that'd be nuts and in ed boone fashion he dismissed such theories by later saying, and I quote, by the way, that isn't a clue spelled with a K again or anything. I just found it funny that those two glasses ended up next to each other in my kitchen cabinet. So as of right now, there's no mention of what NRS is working on. Ed Boone did show interest Obviously, earlier, I believe in May, he was talking about perhaps shelving the two iconic franchises they work on over there at NRS. So that would be Mortal Kombat and Injustice and perhaps trying something different. But what do you make of this? Perhaps a Dragon Ball cross? Dude, yo, I would love to see... I'd love to see them have a part where like Goku holds uh what is it Scorpion and then Piccolo does the finger being cannon on his <laughs> and it splits right through uh like Scorpion like the Raditz and Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> 
right (laughs) that'd be crazy yo they got halos and stuff because they died in in the game (laughs) after the first round the second round they start with a halo that'd be funny that'd be weird man but like yeah i mean i don't know there hasn't been that much blood in dragon ball z there's been some but not as much as like mortal Kombat, where it's like the only reason why i don't play a game is it's so grotesque man with that stuff (laughs) it's like a selling point for that game right yeah man just the gore yeah i don't it's actually been really quiet over there i I think there's they're gonna premiere the mk movie soon right so maybe they're waiting for that they're gonna i keep saying i I keep thinking of moral combat they're gonna make uh, a movie of that i think there is one in the works or if it's coming out i'm pretty sure i think i read that somewhere unless i got trolled but i think they're waiting on that date to maybe come out and then they'll reveal what they're coming out with i would assume the safe bet is in justice 3 unless they're going with a completely different ip which i don't really know what they could use but they i don't think a moral combat 12 is coming out because i know they like to alternate so maybe and also like you know how there's franchise fatigue Maybe yeah. let Mortal Kombat rest a little bit and then do something else and then come back to it in a couple of years. So we'll see. I don't know why they make so many of them. Sometimes I feel like that's like one of my big, uh, a small pet peeve is the fact that they just have this thing where it's like, we have to make a new Mortal Kombat. We have to make a new Injustice. It's like, why can't you just make a really good one and it stay that way? <laughs> yeah. And those games cannibalize each other, right? Because it's like every two year cycle. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, man. It, Injustice it's... 2 is out. No more playing MK10 mm-hmm. or MKX. Yeah, man, the NRS community freaking they jump, man. It's like, oh, injustice. That was two years ago. That's the that's terrible fad. Now it's all about that Mortal Kombat. Yeah, but we'll see what happens with NRS. This next one is not so much FGC focused news, but this is something that could impact us here in the fighting community. So this is a little long and it has to do with Microsoft, which they're making some bold moves, I find. As of the morning of September 9th, 2020, the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S, great names, by the way. (laughs) Bruh. (laughs) I think they just gave up with the names or they make that as their own joke, man. But their prices have been confirmed, which I found to be really surprising. So the Xbox Twitter account tweeted out a side-by-side picture of the two consoles along with their somewhat surprising prices. So the Xbox Series X, or rather the Xbox Series S, which is the less powerful version of the console, is marked at $299 US dollars, while the more powerful version of the console, the Xbox Series X, is marked at $499, which I was like, wow, that's a big discrepancy between the two consoles, between the two SKUs. So the few things to note here are that the Xbox Series S version is a digital only console and it loses out on factors like storage and RAM to its big brother in the X. However, they both do share backwards compatibility all the way down to the OG Xbox, which I thought was kind of cool. Oh, it goes all the way backwards compatibility to those? Damn, mm-hmm. I thought that was like, wow, they really did doo-doo on Sony with that one then. Because <laughs> I believe Sony is still kind of working with, they cherry pick, right? They have like their PS2 classics, PS1 yeah. classics, but it's not the whole library. So it also has similar uh, CPU specs. So that's, I guess, good. And pre-orders for that console start September 22nd. So soon TM, like nine days or 10 days rather from the recording of this podcast. Now, this one was something that I just added here. So the inflation calculator, I don't know if you remember, but in t- November of 2013, the Xbox One came out at 499 right? Which in today's money, in 2020 money, that's $555. So the fact that after seven years, the the price is the same, 
which actually it looks like they're losing money, right? If it's if you're looking at inflation, mm. is a really bold move, I think, by Microsoft to come out with the same exact price that you launched the previous Xbox with. Obviously, that was too much, I believe, last console generation, because you know they didn't sell a lot right out the gate, and they had to like mark it down and all that. But what do you think about these prices as far as the Series S being three hundred and then the X being five hundred? So I will say that like it almost feels like in this console thing, like out of the three consoles, Nintendo, Sony and Xbox, it seems like they're kind of in a way the underdog because as of the Switch releasing, Nintendo basically said we made it. And then they said, screw mm -hmm. all you guys, you're going to buy our overpriced crap. And they've kind of kept to it. And then Sony hasn't, I don't know, they haven't really done much with that PS5. It feels like it's like this elephant that's in the room that we know is there, but they don't want to talk about things because like they keep mentioning the playstation 5 and it's like well you showed us the games there's still not really a release date how much is it even gonna cost you know that's something we need to that's like almost like the first thing we probably want to know you know if can i buy it if i can't buy it it's pointless to me <laughs> <laughs> and it um, seems like they were definitely I, waiting on microsoft to make the first move they probably were man you know that's probably that might would have might have been what it is too it could also be yeah. this whole conspiracy theory where they're all just working together <laughs> maybe yeah and they're just like bouncing off each other random prices because like think about it what makes the xbox 300 what makes it 500 it's a price they pretty much made up you know so i will say that i don't you know this is a bit off topic but i hate the fact that they have made digital only consoles that's the worst possibly the worst thing to me right now because that makes it so it's almost like they're trying to push away physical copies and I'm a big physical copy kind of guy. I like digital because it saves space, but like physical copies, man, it's kind of where it's at. You can always take a copy of like Street Fighter Five or something everywhere you go. But if it's linked to your uh, your PS5 or something, that means you got to take the whole goddamn uh, PS5 or something like that. So, or you would have to sign in, right, every time to a different yeah, console. Yeah, man. Or, and if your your meetup and then download uh, it. Yeah, yeah. And if your scene doesn't even have it. You know, it doesn't have an online connection, then you can't really do that. So it's like mm -hmm. it kind of makes things a bit more inconvenient. And it's weird that there's such a difference in price. It makes me wonder how big is the the power difference? Did they did they say that or so I believe I saw a side by side, but it hasn't been confirmed as official. It was rumored, so I don't really want to go off of that. But that same source did reveal the price that we just read off a couple months ago. So it seems like that leak was legit, but until they come out with the actual power discrepancy between the two consoles, I don't yeah. really want to... So then we also have the speculation of, is the S even decently... Like, what if, like, the S comes out and it's like, it only plays these games. As soon as it does mm -hmm. that, it's like, oh, hell no. Nah. And then it's like, <laughs> why did you even put that to begin with? We might as well just right. get the 500 version. I don't think it'll be like, uh, like, so for instance, kind of like what happened with the Switch. It's like, you have a Switch and you got a Switch Lite. And then it's like, okay, what's mm -hmm. the difference between these? One, can't play on your TV. That's it. It's like, wait a minute, what you mean? Like, is it like, a, yeah. like it's like a, basically a, a portable device it's pretty much a tablet you could take everywhere with some whack controls it's a souped up vita yeah it basically is man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is dude and, and it's wild though that they are selling it at the same about the same price as when the xbox one came out i mean i'm amazed that we are getting new consoles <laughs> feels like it's still like i'm still even using the ps4 it's like man i barely scratched the surface of this thing man right 
I think it's about, well, actually, no, yeah, it is about the same time frame, right? Because Xbox 360 came out in 2005, and then mm. the Xbox One came out in 2013, so that's eight years. So this will be seven between 2013 and 2020. It doesn't feel like there's been such great leaps, though. From what I saw at the no. PS5, I was like, I don't see, it looks good, but I feel like it's okay. It's you more know, of the it's same. Just that. Yeah. yeah, it's more of the same, and it's trippy that it's the same price around, so like 500 bucks. I mean, I'm amazed. I'm amazed they pull out something cheaper too though like the s being 300 i was like oh wow that's i thought that was like the ultimate one like you know what i mean like the last last one but they always right. hit us with that crap too though they'd be like all right now we made a 300 version give it six months red ring of death or some crap like that we made the elite <laughs> version i'm like wait a minute what you yeah. saying <laughs> That's so grimy. Yeah, it's interesting move, especially with the price for the X being the same price as the Xbox One. I mean, they're losing in, infl in inflation dollars. They're losing almost 60 bucks. So just very bold. And the other bold move that I saw them is they made the announcement. Now, I don't use these services, but I, I do kind of support these type of things where Microsoft announced that EA Play will be added to Xbox Game Pass, which I heard is actually a really good deal. So obviously starting this holiday season and it's going to be at no additional cost. So Xbox Game Pass is is combining with EA Play, and I believe they're going to call it Xbox Ultimate Pass or Xbox Game Pass Ultimate or something like that. Now, Xbox gamers will be able to get access to some of the biggest uh, electronic arts titles out there, along with the perks of Xbox Game Pass. The service was introduced earlier this week, this year, Ultimate was, and the service also works with not only Xbox consoles, but it's also compatible with Windows 10 PCs. So if you game on, obviously not Steam, but on Windows 10 through the Xbox service, you can use EA Play and xbox game pass starting this holiday season which i'm pretty sure if i if i were a betting man this xbox and probably the playstation well will come out somewhere in november that's that's where i'm thinking black friday around ish so i believe the xbox one came out november 15th 2013 and i believe that, that same date was also true for 2005 so i'm gonna say xbox one series x and s will come out november 15th 2020 just a hunch mm. But this is my question to you. With the extremely reduced price of the Xbox Series S, do you see a future? Obviously, we don't know what the skew is for the digital-only console for PlayStation 5, but I don't know if it's going to be 300 and I see if the S can play our fighting games, right, with the same capacity as what, like a PS4 or like a PlayStation 5, relatively, right? Because most fighting games don't take too much. They're not like open world or whatever. Like they, most of them can be played with lesser consoles. With this price point, do you think that the FGC could go back to Xbox as a tournament console, kind of like how the 360 was predominantly played for most games, unless it was exclusive only to PlayStation? Man, that'd be actually, I mean, if so, I guess a test would be if it could run Tekken 7 like a PC can. Hell yeah. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> like yeah. the way PS4 Tekken is, Tekken 7, oh man, it feels different, man. It, it, I don't even, I think it's like just two frames and I can feel every bit of that. Right. <laughs> So, I mean, it would be pretty crazy if they managed to make it possible so that we can kind of run those games on it. And like, so if the Series S comes out and it's all digital only, what if they just mm -hmm. added up uh, like an accessory that lets you play CD games, you know, like right. 20 bucks, a, a CD drive reader. That'd be great, right? That would work. Yeah. Um, I feel like that might not be the case, but if they did that, that'd be smart as hell. So if they were able, if we were able to get things to run smoothly on those things, that would be great for that type of stuff. But it would be like, I don't know, it, it'd be kind of weird too, because like we already have like our PS5, I mean, our PS4s and stuff like that. So if 
you know, if it come down to it, maybe we might need that transition. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I will say this though: the uh, that Game Pass thing sounds really dope, man. Like that's a really cool, and it's compatible with Windows Ten. If you can like play the game on the Xbox and then have the save file be easily transitioned onto your Windows Ten, kind of like how we can mm-hmm. save it on the cloud on Steam, that'd be godlike, man. I mean, like that's whew, that's really good. I believe that is the case, and I also believe I don't think it's confirmed, but I what I saw from the price, I think it's fifteen dollars a month, which mm. is crazy cheap. Yeah, it's not bad at all, then, man. Yeah, and it seems like they're also going to try to do like some sort of financing so you can pay your console with a monthly payment, perhaps even combined with the Ultimate Pass. You know, I actually have a lot of respect for Microsoft, especially what they do with the Xbox division, even though I don't play on that console. Because out of like the big three, being Nintendo and Sony, it seems like maybe it's out of just being humbled. It seems like Microsoft is just more willing to reach out and experiment with things. And you're seeing that with crossplay, putting Xbox games on Steam, not just Windows 10, and just being willing to work with other first party publishers. So I actually like what they're doing and I have respect for that. We'll get into it a little bit later as far as the whole crossplay thing, but Microsoft has never been against crossplay. At least within the last few years, they've welcomed it and they've actually have made it known as like, hey, we're willing to work with Steam or we'll, we'll get to it. But there seems to be some sort of uh, a wall there between like a Western company like Microsoft and some of these Japanese companies. I, I would say that I think one of the my issues, because like, oh, like the last thing I had was a 360 and all it does is collect dust. Now it's pretty much gone or like rocks mm-hmm. or something like that. But I will say that the one thing that I didn't like so much about the Xbox consoles is the fact that they didn't have much of my, uh, it had much JRPGs, man. And like, that was like right, one yeah. of the big things for me. It's like, man, you don't got nothing on it. It feels like, what's on that thing? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> If yeah. I don't play shooters and like uh, some platformers, what the hell's on it? I mean, obviously, JRPGs are developed. Most of them are developed in Japan. Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. prioritize Japanese consoles. But yeah, you're right. Shooters, things like Halo, maybe things like Fallout, Skyrim, right? Like those are very Xbox centric demographic. But yeah, if you want to play Dragon Quest or whatever, Disagaya, I don't know, all these crazy JRPGs. Yeah, you're going to have to play on PlayStation or Nintendo consoles. Yeah, exactly, man. And for some, it's trippy is I think sometimes they don't even like add the Xbox games on some of those. No, they don't. So it's like, man, that thing, I don't understand that though. Like, I don't know why that's a, I think about it. That's why I don't like the Xbox too. It's like, man, that thing has nothing in it. That's why it's trash to me. But like, Mm -hmm. at the same time, why don't it got anything? I think it's like a loyalty thing most of the time. And then depends on, you know, what goes behind the scenes. Mm But yeah, well, we'll see uh, what happens. I'm really interested to seeing the SKU prices for PlayStation. And I think this actually could mean a lot. Not so much with the X because there's no point. Let's say if, if the Series X is 500 and the PS5 is 500, why would you go with the Series X? Because Killer Instinct is the only thing that's on Xbox, right? <laughs> so you, you would go you would go with PS5 because more fighting games most likely will be on PS5, so you might as well play that, especially Japanese developed. But if it's more cost-effective for big tournaments like Combo Breaker or CEO or Evo to be able to use Xbox Series S, especially if 
the digital only version of the PS5 is more expensive, I could see us going back to like the 360 era for fighting games for the neutral fighting games that are on both consoles and then only using PlayStations for the exclusives like mm -hmm. Undernight or, you know, any of those type fighting games. So yeah, I just, I found that interesting from just an FGC standpoint to see which way we're going to lean once we know the prices for both of these things. Yeah, man. I mean, I also, you just reminded me that like when I went to Comic Breaker 2016, I saw some 360s over there. They had like, they ran Darkstalkers on 360s, man. I don't even know why, but I think it's just because it probably ran better. So I think if there was ways, I'd say that I think the, the stronger hardware is the uh, Xbox series, isn't it? So like if we could have ran it that way, we probably would have went with the Xbox, but it's just kind of like an inconvenience thing too. Not many mm -hmm. people collect those things because of the lack of games on it. Actually, I don't know if you remember, but I, obviously fighting games are a little different. We weren't, we're, not, we're probably not going to transition away from PS4 for a while until the fighting games transition to the next console generation. Like we really didn't transition to new consoles as far as fighting game tournaments until about 2015. So like two years after they already came out. It kind of depends on the games they're on versus the hardware that we're using. But as far as the hardware, I don't know if you remember this, but even after Ultra Street Fighter 4 was ported to the PS4, tournaments still played on 360 because the PS4 version of the, that game was still ran shittier oh than the 360, yeah and yep, you couldn't yep, play yep. on ps3 because it was so terrible yeah so, man yeah i remember it depends that. on the best console that plays that game it's going to be interesting to see what happens because let's say even the disc version of the ps5 doesn't play the game as well as an xbox series s and if the game is available on both consoles i could see tournament organizers be like well screw it i mean the game is cheap or the console is cheaper we might as well get that one to play neutral games and then just get playstations for the exclusives yeah i could definitely see that and i'll even say that usually the ones with the exclusives tend to be like it's like less people play that stuff generally it's like yeah less, like niche smaller titles. niche yeah yeah it's like the niche ones Unless it's Street Fighter, I don't know what I don't know if Capcom is gonna make another deal with Sony for exclusivity. But if they don't, and those consoles turn out to be less cost effective, or they run better on a, something like an Xbox Series S, yeah, why wouldn't tournament? I mean, tournament organizers at the end of the day, they're looking at the bottom line. Why wouldn't they pull the trigger on going with a console like the S? Mm -hmm. That's something to keep a lookout. And so with that, we have one more, I believe, fighting game. Actually, two more. Two more fighting game related news and then we'll get to the topics of the week. So this one is Master Roshi is soon no, TM. Roshi. <laughs> Master Roshi is soon TM in Dragon Ball Fighter. So he was announced with a trailer earlier last month. Bandai Namco reported on Twitter that Master Roshi has officially been given a release date and that he is coming and joining Dragon Ball Fighter's roster on September 18th, 2020 as the third character introduced in Season 3 Pass of the game. The gameplay video showed, which by the way, listen, I'm all for like being hyped for fighting games, but when I watched the gameplay video, I had to turn it all the way down because the girl that was playing, she was kind of screaming all over the place, which I'm, I'm sure she's really nice. <laughs> yeah, man, they had some like new person have fun with it. that was nice yeah we'll say that yeah but like you gotta put somebody that know if you're gonna you gotta do two ways you know you gotta show the yeah. beginner and then show the dude that's like oh this is gonna be plus on seven okay okay we figured out <laughs> okay setups it's like god damn that's one thing that like oh listen i can appreciate the genuine passion that she had just for she was really excited which was really yeah. nice to see but also, like, you could tell, like, she doesn't really know how to play the game. I would have, yeah, I would have liked somebody who kind of understands how to present a new character versus just mashing the auto combo. <laughs> I, I would have liked to see that. <laughs> right, dude. <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. Like, I mean, he's coming out soon, so it's all right. But he looked pretty interesting, you know. So he comes out, and right now the season pass is available for 20 bucks on most 
unless you can get a deal, but 20 bucks on most platforms that Dragon Ball Fighters is played on. And the season three pass includes Kefla and Ultra Instinct Goku, which everybody loves, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. really good. And after Master Roshi's edition, there will be two more characters to be revealed. And the question I wanted to ask you with this you know, he looks really cool. He's got, you know, he uses a staff. He's got the the souped up Kamehameha where he gets all buff. Hell so, yeah. <laughs> no, no, the, the original Kamehameha wave. <laughs> that one is sick. And I like the fact that they incorporate stuff like that. But what I saw online, especially from a lot of the Dragon Ball Fighters community, is that people like Roshi, but was he the right choice for the inclusion and the season pass? Do you think he was the right choice? I think he was a pretty good choice. I don't know if he was the right one per se, because it feels, I feel like the the Dragon Ball Fighters Z fans, they're fans of Dragon Ball Superman. So, for instance, one thing that I didn't like is that Master Roshi had the wife beat him. Why couldn't they hook this man up with the Hawaiian shirt or, yeah. the, or the gi? Like, why he had to come with the wife beater? Like, he, now he really looking like an old pervert with that wife beater on, man. <laughs> but, dude... I, Dave, definitely. I'm glad he came in, but it feels so late in the game at this point. Like, I want to try him just, I want to play the game just to see how he plays. But like, at the same time, it's still the same game I don't really like. So, right. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think it's cool. And uh, it's great that they added an old character, but it really feels like they're just adding characters from like the newer iterations of Dragon Ball. They're not, they're Dragon Ball Super. They're not adding like, it'd be cool if they added like characters from the ori original Dragon Ball because to me, that's like the best of the series, man. Like OG mm -hmm. Dragon Ball, they added like uh, Grandpa Gohan, uh, I think his name was Pilaf, all these kind of old characters and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. That'd be really cool. But I will say I'm amazed that they're still making new characters and they're that game is like dirt cheap. So if anybody really wants to get into Dragon Ball Fighter Z, it's it's always on a sale. Like I swear to God, it's always on a sale, man. Like I oh, always yeah. see that thing on a sale, man. So I think it's a perfect time to pick that game up if you, if you do like it, but I would touch it. But like <laughs> I think it's a good choice. I'm interested to see who they'll put up next. But yeah, the trailer, I don't know if you remember the trailer. The trailer was so bad, man. It was like yeah, a was. whole minute and then it was only 10 seconds of Roshi and it's like what mm -hmm. yeah it was you only saw a glimpse of him until obviously we saw the gameplay trailer but yeah it wasn't a good trailer at all yeah man it was terrible dude but i think it could be really i don't know if it's the right choice per se but i think it's really good that they're adding like older characters and like the fact that he doesn't have a super dash is interesting oh man it was funny too because i saw it and then the comments were like no super dash oh he trash i'm like what because <laughs> he has to like shoot his beams like he shoots the kamehameha beam to like shoot him a certain distance oh like backwards right yeah, 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 exactly. Like, kind of like a uh, kid Goku, uh, GT Goku, pretty much kind of mm. does something similar. But I think his mechanic is more on that because he doesn't fly. I think it's really cool that he's in there. A long time coming, goddammit. Damn, dude. Oh, he's like, yeah. yeah. He's a beginning character, and they brought him in so late, dude. He's the OG, yeah. Yeah, man. Now, real quick, do you have a favorite Dragon Ball character? It probably is uh, Roshi, man. I'd say it's probably Roshi. It's Roshi, between Roshi and, like, kid Goku. Like, but when mm. he's, mostly when he's a kid, though, because when he's a kid, a lot of his moves, like, back then, it wasn't so much, like, in the, the Dragon Ball Z and Fighters, or Dragon Ball Z and Super, basically, they... They're bringing out characters with a lot of super moves. So what made Kid Goku yeah. really cool is that he was mostly martial arts and one Kamehameha wave. Like, he only had one of those. And then he had a move called Rock, Scissors, Paper. And he basically just hits you with, like, the Rock, Scissors, and Paper sign. So that's, like, that's something that was, like, in the old Budokai games. Like, the ones that had him as a kid. So I really like that type of stuff. It was more martial arts oriented. But as an adult, it's more like, I got to go Super Saiyan 5 or whatever. That <laughs> and I'll right. blow you away. Yeah. 
I actually really like Dragon Ball. I would yeah, say I, I mean, probably grew up with Dragon Ball Z, but like I really appreciate Dragon Ball. And I will say, even though as much as I love the RPGs like Legacy of Goku on, on the Game Boy, oh, my man. favorite, my fa- by far, my favorite Dragon Ball related game is Dragon Ball Advance for the oh, Game oh, Boy dude. Advance. That one is, that so is so good, good to beat him up. And then it's like on the fights you turn, it's like a fight. It's like a, like a legit, like fighting game kind of thing. Oh man, they're so yeah. good, dude. Yeah, they're, that, they're that really game, I love that game, man. I love that game. Yeah. For anybody that hasn't played Dragon Ball Advance, it's first of all, I played it like recently, like a few months ago. It holds up. Absolutely holds yeah, up. Man. Both as the side scrolling beat him up and the fighting game is actually really good. Like the fighting game minigame yeah. they have, especially when you unlock the whole roster. It's so fun. It's so good. And you got like old pickle, like evil piccolo on there. The guy with the crazy mask or whatever. I don't know. Like they got all sorts of really cool characters on there. And Dragon Ball Advance is so tight. And it's like one of the best dragon ball related games i've ever played like it's it's so good it's really good yeah man uh, i yeah I, it's really freaking it's a great game Boy advanced game man it's yeah. it's definitely one that needs to go in the collection man old school tn yeah yeah dude <laughs> old school tn yeah. yo 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 yeah so dragon ball and we'll get to the sales i'm pretty sure it's on this on this week's sale so if you are interested in dragon ball and master roshi he is out soon tm what was the date let me see september 18th so yeah in six days as of the recording of this podcast you can play roshi but you know i did see that he's out early access i don't i forgot what the criteria is to get him early access but he comes out on the 16th if bandai namco really likes you for some reason (laughs) it's like you 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 might sell us some master roshi so here you go yeah weird but yeah all right last little news for this week and this is not so much fgc but again like the microsoft stuff could pertain to the fgc and i saw this actually retweeted by rick the hado if you don't know him he runs combo breaker good guy and it had to do with twitch versus or i guess they call it versus by twitch it's uh, basically a beta plan that's supposed to help streaming and esports on the platform. So it's an end-to-end suite of competition tools for organizers, players, and viewers from all different backgrounds and experience level, according to the site. And competition organizers can quickly and easily create, manage, and stream competitions with their communities of players and viewers, all integrated on Twitch. Service is currently in a closed beta featuring a select group of organizers of various backgrounds with wider access planned for the future. So what do you think about this? Maybe integrating more online or I guess more professional online tournaments with the help of Twitch. Do you think that's something that fighting games could use or you think that's probably just going to be for more mainstream titles? I will say at least Twitch is actually doing gaming related things. So because <laughs> they True. just be like, all right, time to do um, what did they have at one point that I was like, what the hell is this? It was uh, uh, wrestling. They had wrestling on the front page. I'm like, are you kidding me, man? Yeah. Like, this is not even video games at this point, man. What you might as well just have like sports, like actual sports, like boxing and, and, t- and tennis or whatever the hell. I think they did there for a while. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I they don't did. doubt it. I don't doubt it, man. I don't doubt it yeah. at all. But I don't know. I, I think this isn't this kind of like, uh, I feel like this is like smash.gg basically. They're trying to be like that. I saw the article. It kind of looks a bit like that. It reminds me a little mm. bit of it. Uh, if, if it were to help, that'd be good. But I still, I still have like this thing on the back of my head. I don't really like Twitch, but the fighting game is basically the fighting game 
tournaments and all that are pretty much connected with Twitch at this point. Like they live streaming off it and all that stuff. So if we were using it to help us, then I mean, at the end of the day, if it somehow manages to help tournaments, that'd be pretty good. But it yeah. does kind of seem like a smash.gg trying to compete with it or trying to maybe it can help it. That'd be great too. I don't know about like big organizers because they kind of do their thing a little differently. Also, a lot of organizers run paper tournaments or paper brackets rather. Hey, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, it's old school. I think they like it. And some of them also use Smash.gg. But I think where this could come, especially once they open it up, if they get all the kinks out with the beta, for people that are just regular streamers and want to run a community tournament, I think if it's integrated via Twitch, so you know you don't have to outsource to Smash.gg and check the brackets and check the placings. If you're running like 24-man tournament or something like that, I think it could be cool for like the middle ground. Maybe not so much to run Evo, right? <laughs> but Yeah, man, probably not, dude. I think that... I, not you mentioned it, that's a pretty good idea because it could be ran for it could be great for like um online tournaments ran by somebody doing a twitch thing too mm -hmm. that'd be pretty good yeah i could see like our street fighter right like using this as long as they don't play fart noises in the back i was gonna say no <laughs> fart noises attached though let's go <laughs> yeah. But yeah, interesting idea versus by Twitch. I guess that's soon TM. No official date on when they'll go open to the public with it, but something to keep an eye out. But yeah, that is the news. And now we get into the fighting game topics of the week. So I believe we have two or three. Yeah, just two. Two this week. And the one is not so much a topic. This is something that I just put out. Man, tier lists, they need to go. They need mm. to stop. <laughs> I've had enough. Oh, man. <laughs> So it seems that since the pandemic, just the rise of tier lists in the FGC has become even more so frequent. I think they were still popping up here and there before the pandemic. But man, every day since on fighting game social media, could be Twitter, could be Reddit, could be whatever. We just see random tier lists, both by like professional players and then just casuals or community or content creators, commentators. Everybody's got a tier list. And the trend has gotten so bad. I don't know if you saw this, but it's gotten so bad... <laughs> <laughs> that that media outlets, which I won't name because I have no respect for them, they start reporting about tier list battles. So basically one professional right. player <laughs> will make a tier list. Another professional player will react to that tier list and then they'll go back and forth. And then you have sites that cover FGC, mostly clickbaity FGC stuff, will make that a story. And I'm like, when will this plague stop? Like, just stop it. <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> With it so there are times where i do like to see tier lists but then i think of it this way where i'm like these tier lists all don't really matter at the end of the day like a right. tier list can only really matter for like someone really really high up in the game like someone that's really really up there because people put these like they put limitations already on their characters and they're like this character's not good this this that and then you have that weird guy that finds all kinds of crap different with this specific character and he makes and he shifts everything right there are some games like so for instance smash right every update they'll put in like a two three hour tier list video what's wild is oh i like God. to watch those because i like to hear them <laughs> talk about because it. it's like in a way it's also like the theory crafting but it's so stupid like at the end of the day do it like come on man update it like for one thing there's not even tournaments so like what the hell we gonna go off <laughs> online that's trash man yeah <laughs> i hate the fact that you have media outlets trying to like because i think that's when like there's some that basically don't have anything to report on so then it's like exactly well i see a lot of tier list so let's talk about people talking about tier list I like the meme tier list like there was one for king of fighters where it was like a tier list that said like king 
and not king and dinosaurs <laughs> and not dinosaurs. <laughs> and it was, I like those. It, yeah, man. Yeah, those are funny. Like, I like how it had everybody at the bottom, but king of dinosaurs and king. And that's just, I can get a laugh out of that. But the people going back and forth with tier less is like, hey, this is mine. Hey, that's mine. It's like, okay, we get it. You know how to rank characters. And most people agree with you and some disagree with you. But can we get something else outside of this back and forth? Like, it's just tiring. And like, I hate doing it, but like, I don't want to block people just for tier list. Like, that's mean, right? I only block certain people on Twitter that are like shitheads. And <laughs> right, yeah. you're not technically a shithead if you make a tier list. But the people that make tier lists also retweet tier lists. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> man. Stop. So it's like a constant funnel of that stuff. It's yeah it's really one of those things where i feel like we don't have anything else so it's like well Mm -hmm. might as well just make a tier list and it's like well what about the games (laughs) (laughs) i know go find a combo or something (laughs) yeah what about the games Go experiment. Uh, Go play a Kotsky Blitz camp or something. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I right, dude. Uh, it's free. I, yeah, the tier list stuff is. I see Smash gets a whole lot of those. I noticed Skullgirls never really has any because yeah, our tier is kind of crap. So <laughs> it's like whatever. Every character is pretty much good, so it don't really matter. But I see mm-hmm. the char- I see the games that a lot of characters definitely have. I don't see much coming from BB tags. I'll tell you that, now that I think about it. And that character, that game has a crap ton of characters, man. Yeah, well, we only have three people playing it, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Actually, that's a great segue. Right. Uh, this is actually, <laughs> this is actually the thing that I found most interesting this week, and it's a list, and this only pertains to PC. It has to do with the most popular fighting games for the month of August, as far as Steam charts, and it has thirty fighting games on there. And I was actually, wow, I was taken back with some of these numbers. Some of them made sense, but some of them, I kind of want to read this. And I don't know if you saw this list, but it's actually really interesting. Yeah, I saw a so, bit of it, man. Yeah, so a list credited, and I don't know if this is actually his or not, but it's, it's his name is on there, so I'm assuming. But it's a list credited to user Pepe Cool King Jr., and it shows the top 30 fighting games ranked 1 to 30 based on average peak for the month of August on Steam. Now, the top four spots are not really surprising, as we saw Tekken 7 at number one with over 4,500 players, followed by Street Fighter Champion Edition with just under 3,000 players, MK11 with over 2,500 players, and then finally rounding out the top four spots, Dragon Ball Fighters with just under 2,000 players. We, we kind of saw those coming, right? Yeah, I'm I'm, a, I'm amazed DBZ is still like a thing, man. I'll be honest. <laughs> but it's like it's Dragon Ball, man. People love Dragon Ball, dude. Yeah. Now, here's where the list gets interesting, especially once you get towards like the 11th and 12th spots. So Soul Calibur 6 is at number five with just under 600 players. Guilty Gear Rev 2 is at number eight with about 300 players. And it actually beats out Granblue Fantasy. But you know the thing that the game that also beats out Granblue Fantasy for PC, which is really telling? King of Fighters 13 is at number 10 with 276 players. And Grand Blue Fantasy is at number 11 with 265. I was like, wow, more people play King of Fighters 13 than Grand Blue Fantasy? Like King of Fighters 13 came out when? 2012? Something like that? I don't remember when I game played it. Hot ass minute, yeah. But Grand Blue Fantasy seems to be hemorrhaging a little bit. <laughs> Uh, Skullgirls comes in at number 12, just right after Grand Blue Fantasy, with 259 players, which actually I think is really respectable for an average peak for Skullgirls. And man, Undernight's not doing too good. Claire is at number 15 with 201. Fantasy Strike actually doubled their numbers. They come at number 17. They doubled their numbers from July with 176 players ever, once, ever since they went free to play. And the last two spots that I found interesting, 22 was BB Tag 
with just a little bit over 100 players. And Damn, then, all right, yeah, man. <laughs> Eve already. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Eve and already, last, baby. <laughs> the last game on there that I felt kind of bad for was uh, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid at number 28 with just under 50 players average playing on Steam. I hear that game is pretty good too, man. Yeah, and it has rollback. Yeah, I know, right? So I will say that Skullgirls number is pretty insane, man. Honestly, it's very, very high. Yeah, before Skullgirls, before the Evil announcement, it only really ran at like 100, usually around there, Mm. like 100 or so people. It was the same 100 or so people that I always saw to a quick match, I swear to you, but... (laughs) But yeah, that's pretty insane that it gets that much people. That's crazy too, the fact that it seemed like that number, right? Almost 260 players playing in the month of August on PC. It seemed like people were excited for Skullgirls and maybe preparing for Evil Online. And even after Evil Online got canceled, the people that jumped on Skullgirls to learn to play it or just yep, to yep. get on the hype train, it seems like they stayed over. They're like, well, whatever, Evil was canceled, but I'm still going to play this game because it's fun. Yeah, man. And it's like, <laughs> I swear it's also like the whole... Well, every other game has bad net code, so I'm going to stick yep. with this. But I'm amazed everybody's still playing. What What is it? Like freaking... Um, Dragon Ball? Yeah, Dragon Ball. And I'd even say te- Tekken the Man. I'm, wow, dude. Like That game, I know, like I don't like it now, uh, but I did mm-hmm. like it a lot more before. I just got kind of bored with it before all of the uh, Leroy stuff and all that stuff happened. But man, I'm amazed that it has so much people playing that game, even with how bad that netcode is, because it is awful, man. It feels so awful playing that game sometimes. Yeah, very surprising. I mean, I'm not surprised that people love Tekken because it is still a good game, even though yeah, it's not man. like the best with the, and its current like standing. I think season one was the best, but whatever. It's still better than most games in season three. It has its problems, but the lead, I mean, you, you're yeah, talking about huge, a description. Of 1500 people between Tekken 7 and Street Fighter 5 at number two. You're talking about 4,500 to 3,000, which is, I mean, that's a crazy lead, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, it was wild. Remember Tekken 7, half of their play base is like Wi Fi players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they, they they be out here playing the game and it's like, oh, I don't like fighting this dude. I'm pulling my rap. I'm pulling my Ethernet corner out. <laughs> Hell no, he ain't taking these points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, I'm uh, like that. Yeah, that, that, that. It, it sucks too, man. I think it, it kind of sucks for me personally because like the huge difference between those four games and everything else is so humongous, mm. man. Yeah. And those other games are really good. They're really freaking good, man. Actually, now that you mentioned that, yeah, I just noticed that. So Dragon Ball Fighters has 2,000 players, and the, the game that comes right after that is at 600. Soul Calibur yeah, 6. Yeah, man. That's nuts, dude. And I don't even know. I, I assume. So I think Soul Calibur's netcode is the same as like Tekken's, right? Delay based. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man. Like, dude. And I feel like 200 of those players are at least just making magic carps or some crap like that. On the <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. They're playing too much with the Boldo character. I think that's his name, oh, man. man. That's nuts, man. I, I don't like that at all, man. Sad, I just don't like that because when I first got into fighting games, man, I realized that. The really popular ones, people really don't alienate themselves out of it. They just mm-hmm. they play nothing but it. And it and it makes sense because with the more popular a game has, you have a more evolving and a, like a constant progression in terms of the, the character. The, the characters grow so much because there's so much people playing them. Yeah, that I mean, the crazy part is that Battle for the Grid is young. I mean, it, it re- recently came out within the last 
what's it like last year i think or last couple yeah, years man. dude it's it's two slots from the bottom it's not doing good i believe the last game on there was like chaos code and i'm pretty sure the sequel for that one got canceled oh <laughs> so, yeah man i remember so chaos code was that one that had like kind of like assist type of moves like i think it was that one or there or there was a new one i remember but no one really talked about it and it had like a lot of different characters from different games like it had a character from uh, king of fighters i think his name was you the red-headed guy and like, uh, you're talking about uh, Million Arthur. So that game like just died really quickly, but it's actually a dude. Really fun that was game. so fast, man. I mean, I yeah. saw it. and I was like, "Yo, this looks dope, man." But then I like I didn't hear much of that game. And same thing with like chaos. Those games like they just died, man. And I will say mm-hmm. for Battle of the Grid, like the only thing that I think kind of condemns it, like kind of screws it over, is the fact that it's all Power Rangers. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I, mean, I think that does kind of screw it over, man. I'm like, I don't know about you, but I haven't watched Power Rangers. Actually, I watched it recently. I watched it recently, and I was like, what? Because <laughs> it was like so, it was so cheesy, man. I watch it's on Netflix, I think, and I watched some of it. And I was like, this is the cheesiest thing ever, man. Yeah, man. They don't even hit nobody. It is like, ah, oh, yeah, oh, ah, oh, pow. They be making a sound. I'm like, what the yeah, that's that's kind of unfortunate to see all these numbers. I'm pretty sure you could take all the numbers for the games I read that weren't the top four, and still you're not going to get the amount of players you get for Dragon Ball at number four. Yeah, and I will say I, I am pretty mad that Street Fighter Five is still <laughs> up there too, man. <laughs> I feel like there's some sort of mentality, like some weird mentality where the people, have, it's like this abusive, like uncle mentality, you know, like you have that abusive <laughs> uncle that beats you. And then he's like, you stupid, dumb kid. I love you. <laughs> it, feels like with, it feels like that with Street Fighter. Cause I'm like, how are these guys like still playing Street Fighter five? And yet everybody knows it's not that good, man. You think it's Stockholm syndrome then? Yeah. Just something, man. It's definitely something. That is true. Yeah, those are wild numbers in my eyes. I would like to get PS4 numbers. I think those will probably tell a better story for especially games like Grand Blue Fantasy. Yeah, I was thinking that too. All right, quick. The Rev 2 numbers on PS4, they're like almost non-existent now. They used to be more of a thing, but man, I went there like... I was playing like a whole month when I had PS Plus just because I I wasn't using a computer. Dude, nobody, almost like nobody plays Rev 2 that much on PS4. It's like a couple of people, man. Like I don't I don't even know that 300 people on Steam. I I don't see them. So <laughs> I was gonna say uh, 301 people. It sounds like a lot for Steam. It is, man. I don't really see them, so I don't know where the hell they at. Probably a bunch of Leo and Alpha players. So I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Degenerates. Yeah, degenerates. Well, you know what they're doing. They ain't playing ranked. Yeah, <laughs> they're no, right. Exactly, dude. They're on lobbies, yo. Well, yeah, interesting, interesting numbers there for PC the month of August. I'm I'm hoping I can get some PS4 numbers down the line, just kind of even that out. But yeah, when I saw Grand Blue Fantasy getting beat by King of Fighters 13 and BB tag on life support, I was like, yeah, there's there's definitely a problem. It sucks that um Grand Blue is already pretty much like it's going super downhill. And I think the game has potential, you know, it, it has the 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 switches and trinkets or whatever that makes it kind of like a nice looking game it's just that online man it dropped at a bad time and i think it's just gonna die from that i think it's it's got it i played it i didn't like it that much so like i played it the first time actually and it was fun and then i played it the second time and i didn't like it so (laughs) it's so weird but yeah i mean i was like this is not that fun actually you ever have like a burrito that looks really, really good, but it's not mixed inside, but you can't see it outside. So then you take a bite and you just get a mouthful of sour cream. <laughs> That's what I feel. 
like, you eat the joint and it's not even it's not even warm beans and sour cream. It's just like the hot part is the the burrito and then everything yeah. else inside is cold as hell. It's just a shell. Oh, man, it's it gross. looks so good from the outside, but then you take a bite and you're like, oh. Yeah. And that's definitely true. I, I I don't like how it doesn't like I have a Gatling system and it mm-hmm. like pressing buttons isn't that fun in that game and I don't like how the jump is super floaty. Yeah, it's if I think if you're a legacy, especially if you're a legacy Arxis player and you're playing not for everybody, but for some and you're playing Grand Blue Fantasy, you're getting more Street Fighter than you would like probably. I yeah, think. yeah, I will say that. Yeah, that's for the people that don't like Street Fighter playing Grand Blue right now. Yeah. Street Fighter Five at least. Well. That's all for the fighting game news for this week. Short week as far as fighting game news. A lot of general gaming news that could pertain to us, but fighting games were a little slow this week. As far as non-fighting game news, this one I think you'll like. Fall Guys out, Captain Tsubasa in. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't last long. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so... Captain Tsubasa Rise of New Champions is the new craze taking over the FGC according to Fighting Game Social Media, which is research I have done just by looking at Twitter. So don't take this. <laughs> the game is a cinematic action football sports video game <laughs> developed by Tamsoft and published by Bandai Namco Entertainment for Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch. As of Thursday, which I compiled this list, September 10th, 2020, the game is Japan's sixth best-selling video game, which I found pretty impressive, for the month of September. September. It is currently unclear when Panda Global will announce its first ever professional Captain Tsubasa. Yeah. You know that's going to drop, man. Dude, oh, man, I must, man, the pockets of Bandai Namco must be deep as hell, man. Because they, oh, yeah. they just keep publishing anything they can. That's nuts, man. And then that they is. out here talking about they can't put rollback in freaking Dragon Ball, man. Get out, Get out, out of here. It's gotta, there's gotta be a better reason, man. But yeah, that, that, that I never really watched the anime, but like I watched teensy bits of parts of it, like clips. It's it's pretty funny that they, they made that into a game. I even saw like an email and it said, is, is Captain Subasa the new FIFA? I was like, <laughs> have you seen gameplay? It's like wild. <laughs> I haven't actually seen any game. I saw a little bit of the trailer, but I didn't see any. Okay, so picture anime soccer, and that's it by like ten times. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! I mean, I think the FGC, or at least some of them, they're so bored with what fighting games have to offer right now that yeah. anything that comes out that's a little more interesting, they're like, "Yes, I'm a professional captain." <laughs> There's gonna be like a new card game, and it, and it's gonna have characters from fighting games, and it's gonna be like, "Oh man, I gotta hop on that." And it's like, "Wait mm-hmm. a minute, y'all don't care about no card games." <laughs> Yeah, okay. Remember when Hearthstone was like a thing in the FGC for a second? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. That's so weird, man. I'm not really in trends. I never really played trend games. Like, never, man. I I played Undertale before it became this monstrosity of a, of a fan base. I have not touched anything like a trend in a long-ass time, so it's weird to me when something just picks up so much wind. I, I think I played Undertale not before it became a trend, but like while it was building. I think a friend told me, he's like, hey, it's actually pretty good. And then when I played, I was like, hey, it actually is pretty good. That's exactly how it went down for me. And then like a couple months later, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you guys are nuts. <laughs> Fan base way, way off the cliff on that one. Shout out to Doggo, though. Yeah, and shouts out to the dude that made it, man. He's doing well. He made the sequel of that game, which is pretty fun, Delta Ruin. I liked it. I actually like that one more than Undertale, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's pretty little. It's free, too. I mean, you get, like, the first part of it is free, so it's, it's out there. Mm, I should play it. Yeah, it's not so bad. I liked it, man. It's different. It's not like... It's, it's more like a more traditional RPG, actually. 
you're definitely a fan of those. <laughs> yeah, man. I you know you I like love your those, JRPGs. Dude. I think uh, I think it started when I first played um, Paper Mario, dude. I don't know if you ever heard of Paper Mario for the N64. Oh yeah. Yeah, I had this. I had this. Uh, my mom told me I could get this Lego set that at the time was so freaking dope because like what the Lego set lets you do is that you could film it and then you can record it and it came with this whole setup and all this stuff for your computer and then it was either that or Paper Mario and man that was the hardest decision I ever had to make in my <laughs> life and I was like I sat there and I was like oh. and then I went with Paper Mario and I was like I don't I don't regret it to this day but it sucks now though because I'm trying to find a, a copy of it and now it's like seventy bucks because of COVID COVID has made like price mm. of all of these retro games skyrocket so that sucks but it's out there man it's a, it's a pretty fun game so i think that's where it all started <laughs> now i have a bit of a hot take at least i was told that it was an unpopular take and since you're a true jrpg fan so i played and this was i think now probably six years ago right i played final fantasy 6 which is technically final fantasy 3 i think in, in japan <laughs> or, yeah something yeah. like that. yeah I don't know, but it's Final Fantasy VI when I downloaded it. I played it on Vita, and I played two and a half hours of Final Fantasy VI. I shut it off and deleted <laughs> it, and I was like, that game is stupid. <laughs> I hated it. That one is... Uh, I actually got to a really far point in the game, and I just stopped playing it completely. Like So, like, one of the things I don't like too much about, like, the older Final Fantasy titles... Well, I feel like that one kind of picked up pretty decently well, and it's probably one of the better ones, but it does have that slow startup. I'm not too much of a Final Fantasy fan, actually. Like, I like mm. some of them. Like, the one I think I like the most is the MMO. That's how much of a fan. <laughs> I like the MMO the more than... The like, home? <laughs> yeah, that retirement on the MGC retirement home. But I'm not too much of a fan of those. I like the dragon quest series more and there's a lot of other better games like you could try like uh since you played persona you could try the shimigami tensei series which is yeah i think that would speak to me more yeah that you probably like that one because that was before pokemon so that's but i usually just Damn. tell people that's like man pokemon like that's adult pokemon right there <laughs> or that, that, that's the cooler version of it but that i think those are much better games than like a lot of other jrpgs out there i i get it though final fantasy 6 is kind of slow and like i didn't finish it but i got to a really far point to and I just kind of put it down, man. Because it, it, like, what yeah. I don't like that it does is that it kind of sends you on a quest and you don't know where the hell to go. So I, I never yeah. liked that either. I just remember being bored and being annoyed with the random encounters. Like, I just wanted to yeah. walk straight. And I was like, get out of here. I'm just trying to get the point A to point B. I'm underleveled. Yeah, if you don't like random encounters, it, it, it's not that bad in that one. But there's some really bad games. Where, like, there's some games where it's super atrocious. The encounter rate, like the original Pokemon games. Oh, so oh, man. bad, man. Dude, <laughs> yeah. that's terrible. Like, you go into the to the caves and you find a, a Zubat every five steps, man. Hell no, dude. I've played, I've beaten, and this is something I, I learned also that people don't, don't like to hear. So I've beaten Tales of Vesperia because it was on oh, 360. Yeah. It was like the only Tales game that was on 360. They gave it away for games with gold. And I was like, okay, I'll download it. I played it. So I was just like, oh, that was, you know, it was all right. The ending was really bad, like no closure, but whatatever. Like, I, like, <laughs> I mean, the gameplay was fine. <laughs> I was oh, like, man. okay. Dude, I really like the game, man. So Vesperia is actually one of the better ones. Uh, it's really? funny that you didn't like that. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the better ones, man. It's funny you didn't like it. But yeah. what they did do is that they did they cut off some of the um, content out of Vesperia, and then they re-released it into a more definitive edition in Japan for, like, the PS3. Oh. But now they re-released that, and they put it on the PS4. But there's a better, like, there's, I'd say, like, it, like they're not all the same, but they're very similar. Oh, this is uh, this is the ice place, and this is the sand place. Yeah, and the hot place. they're similar in that regards, and the combat can be pretty similar. But some of them have some pretty different ones. Like uh, I really did like the active, like active battle system. Yeah, it's really cool. I just remember the ending being like, oh, 
Okay. <laughs> that's that's how I felt. Yeah, I, don't, I actually don't even remember the ending, dude, but I might have to... I have the, the definitive edition on the PS4, so I want to play that and see it, what you... Uh, what you mentioned one I don't day, exactly I don't remember I the details. It. I just remember the feeling of when I beat it. I was just like, oh, I guess like the consequence there wasn't that bad. <laughs> it was like, okay. <laughs> I just went around yeah, the world man. for that. And I was like, okay, interesting. But whatever. Yeah, man. All right. That's all we have for the topics. Now we get to some game sales. And you actually touched on this earlier. You said this game's always on sale. You are right, sir. So <laughs> Dragon Ball <laughs> Fighters. And this is actually Switch digital sales. So Dragon Ball Fighters Ooh. Standard Edition is 9 dollars and 59 cents the ultimate edition is 17 dollars and 59 cents season pass number one is 12 dollars and 49 cents what interesting prices and season pass number two is 17 dollars 49 cents as well as some reduced prices for the individual dlc is all on the switch digital store this sale is good through september 21st 2020 so if you're really pumped for Roshi season three, I'm pretty sure the season pass is still 20 bucks. No reduced price there for digital switch store, but you can get all these games. Like you said, man, standard edition, ultimate edition. They're really trying to push this game. They're like, please buy our game. <laughs> I don't know why they're pushing it so hard. And even on the Switch, man, can you imagine? Like, that thing doesn't even have, like, an Ethernet thing attached to it. So, like, you have to buy the accessory for it. So, it's like, people are going to be playing Wi-Fi hella hard in that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One more digital sale on Switch is Mortal Kombat Standard Edition. That's $20. And that sale, or I guess Mortal Kombat 11. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't put it on there. Mortal Kombat 11 Standard Edition. That's $20. And that sale is good through September 14th, 2020. So you only got two days. Actually, you only got one day because I'll probably get this podcast tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you better, if, if, once you hear me say this, go buy the game if you want it for 20 bucks <laughs> on Switch. All right, more sales. This one has to do with Power Rangers... Battle for the Grid. Did I put this on Switch or is this on PC? I don't know. I think this is actually on... Oh, no. This is just a season pass. So this oh, is... Okay. Yeah, this is season pass. Battle for the Grid or Power Rangers. Battle for the Grid. Season 3. Lauren Sheba. The Red Samurai Ranger was announced last week for the game. Sheba will debut on September 15th, 2020. So shortly as part of the game's third season pass. It already has season... Wow, that's crazy. I didn't even know, man. Damn, dude. <laughs> Three season passes already. Huh. She joins Robert R.J. James this season with one more character to be revealed at a later date. Power Rangers is available on everything and it's season three pass currently goes for $14.99 with the base game being $19.99. Oh yeah, and that's available on all consoles, same price. I remember checking that. So that's on PC, PS4, mm. Switch. And by the way, pretty sure this game supports crossplay. So buy it on one, you can play with your friends on another. How is it that they managed to hook up crossplay and everyone else can't really do it like that? I don't know. Who's their public? Actually, I didn't look that up. I guess it depends if their publishers have deep pockets or not, right? Or if they're just not stubborn yeah. Japanese companies, I would assume. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they just have the right guy doing the right thing, too. Yeah, because this is American developed, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, I'm. we have a question coming up regarding that, and I think that's probably going to be the answer, at least the most theorized answer. And yeah, so those are the games for this week. Obviously, last week I read all those Amazon Prime gaming games. You can check that out in the previous podcast, but those are still good until the dates that I read. I forgot what it was. I think like end of the year and then March for some of them. So go get those SNK games. All right, we're winding down at the end of the show. Now we have how many questions we got here? 16. A baker's dozen. <laughs> we get we seem to get trolley questions <laughs> a lot of the time. Yes. But this one's not even a question. It comes from King Gurry, friend of the show, and he says, smash. <laughs> That's all he said. <laughs> all lowercase. He just said smash. All right. Number two. 
TVFGC Octavian, who's also a fighting game content creator on YouTube, he asks, what do you feel is one of the main reasons that it's difficult for content creators to grow their audiences in the FGC? This one's a, this one's a tough question. I don't really know the answer to. I have an idea. I think one of the bigger problems is the fact that we're, you're already doing something niche in an already niche community. If you're doing really popular stuff, you kind of can be fine, but then you end up doing popular stuff and then you hate your soul. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, it's, it eats it, at you. It's definitely, yeah, man, it's definitely like a big niche thing. And there's just not so much things we've done different. I mean, like we had, which was cool. We had the Gutex and Mike Ross. Mm -hmm. We have the Ernesto Lopez, which is like only one of him, really. And he's like the only one doing that. Yeah. And we have some guys doing podcasts, some guys doing tutorials, some guys doing combos, uh, videos, some people just uploading fighting game content mm -hmm. or fighting game videos. And then you have like a core A gaming, which there's not many of those either. Yeah, I would agree with you. It's, I think it's, we're not, I mean, you're not only starting with just a small pool, but you have to also think about what makes you different. And it's kind of like comfort food. You're already starting with just a, a small pool that watch fighting game content. And most of those people that watch already have the people that they go to. Like a lot of people like Max or yeah. they like Core or they like, you know, Desk. They, they like what they like. So trying to make a name for yourself, is, especially from the ground up, is really, really difficult. And you have to kind of separate yourself from the pack with something. But you also have to stay true to what you like doing. So... Yeah, it's, it could definitely take some time until you get recognition. And then it's, you know, word of mouth. One guy says, hey, check that guy out. And you know how people are. Be like, oh, whatever. So, you know, skeptical until they see the proof in the pudding. So, yeah, it's yeah, like you said, it's definitely a slow burn. It's tough, tough out there in those FGC content creation streets. Yeah, man. I would say that it helps. Uh, for some reason, I feel like this is not so much a thing, but it would help when people like kind of like help each other out in the community too. It is a community. We got to come together and make unity, man. Community. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are a community, but there's a question coming up that I actually have an answer or a thought on this. And we'll see how you react to this because I actually feel a little different. But Octavian also has another question. I put this in here. So he said, if you could only play two fighting games for the next 10 years, what would they be? I think I know one of yours. <laughs> you already guessed it if it's true, man. <laughs> It would probably just be like Skullgirls and Persona Man, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> or something yeah i would also go with persona 4 arena ultimax 1.1 just to be really specific and i would actually go with tekken 6 dark resurrection oh word i i heard uh not much people talk about that one man <laughs> yeah i actually really like that one i think tekken 5 br is also really good but tekken 5 br i don't think it would hold up for 10 years but man i could play tekken 6 dr for 10 years probably <laughs> there's a lot in those tekken games oh man, yeah i swear yeah there definitely is Jordan Barrios, or Barrios, sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name, on Twitter asks, what, if anything, do you think next-gen consoles or tech could change about fighting games, good or bad? I think we touched a little bit on this, right, with the Xbox Series S perhaps being a cost-effective version of a fighting game console we could play in, in tournaments, but then you also touched on the fact that what if it's not powerful enough? What if it's doo-doo and we can't play fighting games on it? Yeah, man. <laughs> if it could run it good, man, I mean, that'd be great. Like, that's, like, one of the main things. It's got to run it right. It's got to run it well, and it does help TOs, like you mentioned earlier it helps tls if things are like easier to move and stuff like that like an example would be melee players and how they want to play melee and the best way to play it is crts because it's no lag that's not like come on man i hated it so much because so my scene 
Shouts out to the scene, Salem Smash Fest. These guys always, we had to be the ones to move those CRTs, oh, man. man. <laughs> Break your back. The, the melee players, they didn't, they didn't do nothing, all right? They, they go in there and they leave as soon as their freaking crap ends. Boy, who's picking those CRTs? Yep. We are, goddammit. So it's it's one of those things where it, it helped, but, you know, it did come to a detriment of the TL2. So that's one thing that, like, sometimes I think fighting game people don't think about when it comes to, like, next gen. It's, it, it's got to be good for TLs, too, man. Organizers pretty much do all the work. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. B Jangles, what a great name, on YouTube asks, what are your thoughts on the idea that quote-unquote big IPs carry fighting games. I've heard many people say about fighters, or say this about fighters in particular. Thank you for the excellent content. Hey, thanks, Jangles. Do you agree with that? Big IPs carry fighting games? I don't necessarily agree with that. I think if you mean by like carrying them as in like they bring in the numbers, I guess you could say that, but at the same time, I hate that. That's like, you know, it's... Ah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I mean, I think you could say that by big IP, maybe like Street Fighter V, Mortal Kombat, Dragon Ball Fighters, maybe in the future, Project L with League of Legends. They technically carry the FGC, I think, from a monetary standpoint. But when you talk about the heart of the community, I don't think a lot of people are looking at that being like, yeah, that's the future. Most people are looking at it like, man, you want to play Marvel 2? I got a basement. <laughs> like, that's how people yeah, think about it. Yeah, man. The real heart, like, that's the, like, that's what I don't like about, like, I think, like, a big, honestly, man, I think, like, Fighter Z and, like, um, I want to, I don't want to say Tekken 7 because there's a lot of legacy in there, but, like, Fighter Z and uh, Street Fighter 5, I'd say they don't even have as much heart as those as a much smaller games because they're predominantly online now. Mm-hmm. There's a disconnect. Yeah, there's a big disconnect. Street Fighter 5 in particular lost a lot of what it's made its own legacy on, and there's no, like, just not as much heart as it was before, and then Fighter Z almost feels like, a, I will say that it's, like, Visually and like musically, it's great representation of the actual manga and uh, anime. But like, mm. as a heart of a fighting game, man, I don't think it's got much of a heart, man. It just feels like a bunch of like bullcrap, like a lot of jank BS. Like, look at the Cell games and like, yeah. <laughs> like when Cell was a big character, and it's like that type of heart isn't like, yeah, that the dude's playing Marvel in the basement. That's where the real heart lies, man. Mm. Man, I feel like Fighter Z and even Street Fighter Five, they got like no soul to me, man. <laughs> oh, man. They ain't got no soul, bro. Like it looks, it's so much glitz and glamour. But when I play those games, man, it's not hard. I don't feel like I I don't feel challenged, man. It's it's soulless, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> soulless. It feels soulless to me. Yeah. Uh Hikari on YouTube and Hikari actually asked like 80 questions, but I picked one uh, just for time constraints. And a question or a suggestion, could you tell your thoughts on Maximilian's fighting games as food video? Now, this is what I kind of wanted to piggyback off from earlier. And this is, I don't know how many people know this about me, but I don't watch fighting game content. Like I I don't watch other people and it's not because I hate fighting game content creators. That's not the reason. Although like some of them I don't really like, but like it's it's mostly because when I think about making content, I don't want to watch anybody else, even if they do really, really good work, because I don't want my vision or my ideas of fighting games to be clouded. And even subconsciously, like if Max says something and I didn't think of that before, and then I come to the same conclusion, I don't want to be like, well, do I really think that way? Or is it because something I heard Max say? 
say and then it's kind of like ingrained in me even subconsciously and then I just regurgitate that. So that's why I don't watch anybody else making fighting game content. I watch other people make different kinds of content and then kind of find ways to expand my thinking process or my ideas that way. But that's, yeah, that's the reason I don't watch anybody else. So no, I did not watch Maximilian's fighting games as food video. So I can't really react to it. I don't know if you've seen that video. No, I, I think he mentioned something, but yeah, I feel it, man, what you're saying, man. It's like one of those things where it's like, since I do it, I don't want anyone else to kind of give me an idea or an image or thought. I want to just kind of produce it on my own mm. and let it be a natural process. And I don't even know what, uh, is that the, is the video a food video or is, did he meant like is fighting game videos as food video? I don't I didn't. I think. <laughs> I think he goes, I think I heard about it, about this. So I think he names fighting games and he categorizes them as food. So like fast food, oh, comfort yeah, food, yeah, now I remember. you know, a luxury dinner. I think that's what he's doing. Ah, uh, yeah. No, I don't know, man. But I hope that he put Street Fighter Five as like McDonald's. <laughs> like garbage, <laughs> garbage food. Yeah, gar- garbage food. He put it right there next to the trash can, man. I'll be cool with that. I haven't seen that video, but I was thinking of why. I watch that stuff from time to time. I don't watch too much of it, but sometimes I can get stuck kind of watching a lot of it. But yeah. Heinz the Rhyme Bomber on YouTube asks, why do you think most of today's fighters have bad or straight out useless defensive mechanics and such a focus on offense? I think it's to up-tempo the offense and the, and the action. You know, the old adage goes, you know, when you watch boxing... You don't really want to watch a chess match. People love knockouts. You want to see knockouts. So to speed up the game, right? (laughs) That's so true. You want to speed up the game? You want less defense? That's what you do. You put a less focus on mechanics that amplify defense and more focus on offensive mechanics. And hopefully by that, we were talking about pace and fighting games last week, right? Hopefully by amplifying offense, we get more knockouts. Dude, it, it it definitely is a pace thing. It's like nobody likes to see that. It and it's happening more with more of the newer games where it's like the defense mechanics kind of ass. Mm-hmm. So they just keep buffing up the offense. I mean, it happened in Tekken, man. They just yep. keep buffing up the offense because like no, no one likes to see someone play def- defensive. Like hey, people really don't like that. I don't know why, but like for well, since you mentioned boxing, no one likes seeing Mayweather fight, man. Yep. But he's like the epitome of defensive boxing. Mm-hmm. But nobody likes seeing his ass fight because he's like, all he does is all he does is dance all day long. I'm like, hey man, he beat he beat Manny because he tired him out, man. That's how you do it, dude. It's smart. Mm-hmm. He's he there's a reason why this dude doesn't have a concussion, man. Yep. Yeah, that's that's it. It's like, but here's the the counterpoint to this, right? Like, yeah, nobody likes watching Mayweather because what he's doing is technically boxing science out there. It's not super entertaining, but like if you understand boxing, there's yeah. levels to the way he's setting things up. But everybody yeah. likes watching like Marcus Maidana, right? Because he is just the crazy dude who will go out there and just throw hammers. The problem is if you have, let's say, 18 just knockout fighters and like two defensive fighters you get a lot a lot of knockouts which is theoretically good but also don't you think you'll get desensitized to knockouts to seeing knockouts all the time and it's not mm-hmm. as special yeah, anymore man definitely dude so like that's the thing with uh, like a lot of the offense i think um dbfz is a big offender of that because that game since that game like has like for instance when i first played it i was amazed that key blasts aren't a thing like they're garbage dude mm-hmm. like zoning is like terrible in that game so you already have this situation where like offense is legit the best option to do and defense is stupid yep and then it's like but then you get so burnt out of seeing all this offensive crap and it really does like just kill the enjoyment of it all 
yeah, I like I personally get desensitized to it. That's why I, I miss games that are very footsie based sometimes. And you have some of those, right? With Samurai Showdown. Samurai Showdown super footsie based. And it's like footsie and then you die. But I can't really get invested with that game because I need to play it in order to get invested. But the netcode is bad, so I don't really want to support bad <laughs> netcode. <laughs> right, right. And it's a catch-22 because how do I watch something that I don't play because I'm not invested? So it's like, man, it all goes back to rollback every time. <laughs> yeah, all right. You got to roll back the goddamn delay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Chris the Chilled on YouTube asks, have you ever played any Blaze Blue games before BB Tag? If so, who are your top 10 or five favorite characters gameplay-wise? I played a little bit of Central Fiction. Yeah, Central Fiction. I don't have five characters I can name even. <laughs> I don't think. I was going to say just name one for uh, for a time's sake because <laughs> I don't think I can name five either. Yeah, I'll say one. I really like Tsubaki. Yeah, gameplay-wise, I really like Tsubaki. I also like Hazuma. But, like, I'm not very good with the chains. So I was like, man, he's cool. I would watch him, but I can't play him. Oh, man. I'm glad you don't. <laughs> man, that dude was, like, he was like that online net play oh, was he? character, man. No. Yeah, he was oh, all over the goddamn place on online. It was like a dachi, man. Terrible, dude. For me, it was, uh, I'll just say Kokonoi, because that's the one that I really, like, use the most in uh, Central Fiction. Hmm. MG Brad on YouTube, and I think this is just a suggestion. He says, loving the new format of the show, which that's good. Actually, you know, I've been meaning to say that. We, we actually got really good feedback for the most part on the new format, so I, it's uh, it's nice nice to hear. The only suggestion I would have is to include your thoughts on updates regarding fighting games themselves, such as if you're interested in a DLC character or major update. And then he puts the ones that he's excited for, which is Battle for the Grid character. Hey, we just named her. What was her name? Sheba, I think. And the 2.0 update for Grand Blue. Right. I think we would do that if we were excited for any of the new games. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, we did Roshi, so there's yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't even play Dragon Ball, but yeah, I like Roshi. All right, Buster Wolf. <laughs> he asked the same question last week. Where's King right, of Fighters 15? We don't know, man. Yo, yo, he's going to do this every time and we're just waiting <laughs> down till we can give him a legitimate answer. This is here. actually a different person. Peter Zeke was last oh, week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that's going to be the question, then. <laughs> yeah. It just revolves. We're still waiting, Buster Wolf. Ikakard and Slant? He asked on YouTube, how much damage in Super is too much? I would say... It depends. Yeah, it depends on the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really depends on the game, dude. Depends some on how much health you have. Work on, yeah, some games work on three digits some game works on four digits i'd say that as long as the super doesn't kill you in one touch you're fine i would say 40 percent of your health i think if you go over 40 for one bar that would be too much desert point surf on youtube ask why isn't cross playing tekken <laughs> <laughs> dude it should be man when you think about it it'd be pretty whew, there'd be a lot of people playing so again piggybacking to what we were talking about. Remember when I was talking about Microsoft and Xbox? Yeah. From what I heard, Microsoft was open to the idea of doing crossplay and that. I think they actually went to Sony. Or no, they didn't go to Sony. The example that I remember the most was, remember when Rocket League came out and Rocket League was on PS4 and PC and it was also yeah. on Xbox. But mm -hmm. Rocket League's developer, they went to Microsoft. They were like, hey, would you be interested in crossplay? Because we kind of want to have everybody play against each other with all these different consoles. Microsoft said yes. And then... Steam said obviously yes. And then when they went to PS4, PS4 was just like, nah, <laughs> we're good for yeah. that. <laughs> Until it took it took them, I think, like months, like months to finally get PlayStation on board. And they're like, all right, fine, whatever. And then they finally got it. But it wasn't because of Microsoft and it wasn't because of Steam. Why isn't crossplay in Tekken 
It's because I think PlayStation is just really, really stubborn with sharing shit and they don't want to do it. Uh, Crossplay, what it does though, is that it takes away in a business business perspective, it might not be as good for them probably because it, mm-hmm. it kind of takes away the exclusivity of said game for the said console. But in the long run, it's great. You know, oh, in yeah. the long run, even business-wise, it's amazing. But they probably don't see that. Man, stop being stubborn. Just, like, open it up. Like, it's 2020, for Christ's sake. Like, <laughs> Yeah, man, seriously, dude. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Organization 13 on Discord asks, are there any fighting games that you would like to get or that you would like to see a revival? Like, obviously, a new Persona 4 Arena, but, like, a new Darkstalkers or Virtual Fighter or something. Yeah, selfishly, I would love to see a revival for Persona 4 Arena. But I, as much as I love Persona 4 Arena, it, it did have its time. So it, it got two games in close succession. It did have its time. If I had to pick something that really deserved it, I would say something like either Virtual Fighter or, like, if another 3D game, it would be... Um, Shoot, damn, I just had it and I lost the name. I'll look it up. What you you can give me your answer and I'll, I'll look up. All right. So I think actually, like you actually mentioned it, but yeah, Dark Suckers would be one of the big things I think would be a great revival. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other obscure fighting game that I know of that I felt like would have been really good for um for it to come back. Now I can't think of it at the top of my head, but I'd I'd love to see a new Dark Suckers, man. That game was really hype around at the time of its release. I think there's like old tournament footage, if you want to look for it, of Daigo playing, um, or Daigo or Sako, and they're playing Darkstalkers in this, it's like one cabinet side by side, or not side by side, but the other side, across from each other, uh, same cabinet, and they're playing it, and there's so many people just watching them play, and it's so hype. I looked up the game, it's actually, it's Bloody Roar. I don't know why I forgot about Bloody Bloody Roar. Roar, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be more like a title like that, like Bloody Roar or whatever you want, like, you know, Primal Rage, any of those titles that like just kind of died, like, and nobody really knows about them anymore. I would like to see them come back. And I think they would be more deserving as selfishly as much as I want Persona 4 Arena. Like, I think Bloody Roar would be a more deserving title because, you know, Persona 4 Arena had its time and it people, it's still somewhat relevant, but like, if I tell somebody that just got into fighting games with playing like Dragon Ball, like what Bloody Roar is, he's like, what? Is that a new IP? <laughs> so they wouldn't Yeah, know. right. Uh, three more. Paygun on Discord asks, if you were given the power to delete one character from any game of your choice <sighs> and could replace them <laughs> with any other character, which character would it be and why? That's a good question. One thing, one character I will say, and man, I know I'm the Skullgirls guide and I've been playing a game for like four years. I'd probably take Big Ben out of the game. Really? I actually... Yeah, man. I mean, I love him design-wise. He's freaking dope, man. He's a big-ass instrument, man. He's a legit band. He's all kinds of instruments that come out of his trench coat. Freaking cool-ass character, man. He has, like, some of the dopest lines. I hate him in the game, though. Like, I feel that, personally, he limited the amount of, like, potential so many, like, people could have made if they would have had different or use different characters as soon as because like so big man is interesting because he towers over the amount of players that play him based off like the tuna with bacon which is kind of like the uh match by archive whatever mm-hmm. from Skullgirls, tuna with bacon.com he'll have like four thousand people playing it and from there it just goes to like three thousand two thousand two thousand and then just gets smaller and smaller with the amount of people playing the other characters this guy made it so that you have a almost like a full screen brass knuckle like that that the move brass knuckle for you guys that don't know brass knuckle is a move that goes hella fast it's armored the whole way through the only thing that beats it is a sweep which you're not gonna do because that's scary to do 
that thing hits like almost like full screen, man. And they can convert off of it if they're close enough to the corner. So it's like whenever I see that stuff, it's like he assist wise is an amazing ass character, dude. His DP can hit from the back a little bit from the back to the front. So it can be hard to cross him up. His uh, brass knuckle hits almost like full screen. His uh, giant step, which is like his, uh, it's like a full screen, uh, almost like a full screen overhead. He can basically use that and it's, it comes out really fast. It's unsafe. It's, it's like he's not really this super amazing character, but because assist wise, he makes so much dumb crap let happen. Like he has like a command grab. I don't know if you ever heard of uh, Potemkin mm-hmm. and his move called uh, Heat Knuckle, oh, yeah. which is like a command grab you can't up at kind of. Mm-hmm. He basically does have something like that where it's kind of like a command grab like a hit grab kind of like you can up back it but then you can only do it on like you can only really block it on the landing not on the startup frames of the jump so he has this way where he can actually make it so that some characters have ways that unless you mash you cannot do anything out of it you have to like mash. so he makes some pretty horrific terrible setups or resets or whatever happen because his stuff comes out so fast like by himself He's not that much of a pain in the ass, but when he's in a, as an assist, it's so good, man. I think that if they would have like they like they had to like nerf him, man. He used to have like this move called like these symbols, like these giant ass symbols, like instrument symbols that mm-hmm. he would use, and he could like instant symbol it. So he could like tiger knee the input, and it comes out really fast. And instead of like doing a full jump, he could symbol it. So what happened is is that before it used to be an overhead. This thing hits like full screen bro like <laughs> like it is so like this man has so much he commands so much space and you have to basically play around a lot of the things he do because he can he can do so much things to you from a distance it's not like he can shut he can get shut out pretty easily and he's big but like dude i think that he really did like stump everything like he's such a cool character but like he's so easy to like oh let me just press a button you got a macro assist that so you could just press a button and then big ass brass knuckle comes in, <laughs> slams your ass into the freaking corner, and then you gotta eat any mix of it. And it's like, ah, oh, dude, it's like, and it sucks because like I thought that when I first played the game, I would get over that hurdle. Nah, man. <laughs> I've been playing it for four years and it's still like it still pisses me off some days because I'm like, oh man, you're not even thinking, man. You just mash it and it works out for you. So that's that's definitely a character that I think is really cool. But like, I hate him in the game, man. Like, I, I think he just like ruins. It. He like it almost like, dude. I'll be honest with you. I get hit with so much of those brass notes. I felt like I was like, I don't think I'm a play Skullgirls no <laughs> dude. Because like, and I'll, all right, quick. I was. I, it was one of those things where I was like, I just sat there and I was like, man, I just don't like this crap, man. Like, it really hinders a lot of the, I think, the cool things of the game. If it, if it could have more, it really just like, man, put it's like if you put that dude in your team, it's like basically playing meta, man. You're never in the wrong. For, he can be in any spot, in any position, any special that dude has, any command normal, whatever the hell it's called, you can use never wrong, man. It's like, dude, ugh. I watch a little bit of competitive Skullgirls just like online. Yeah, man. And the amount of, first, I mean, I see band a lot in every team composition. Dude, he's so good. And then man. I see Sarabella a lot in like almost every team. Yeah, composition. she's really good too, man. She's kind of nuts, man. I think she has too much stuff, but in her regards, she at least isn't that big. So mm. she's kind of small, but like, man, man, that dude is like OD, man. He's like super good. Right. Like people say the joke, it's like, I don't really fight. I just call my band. <laughs> so it's like, dude, it's out for me. Grimy.
Yeah, man, it's so gross. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to, because like that's one of the things when I like played multiple games. It's like whenever I got tired, I'd like, I'd be like, okay, I, I, I got too much brass knuckles. I'm gonna <laughs> play something else. Yeah, I see Big Band a lot. He's on every team. That it looks like he's on every team that wants to win. <laughs> yeah do exactly no it really is like them and every team that wants to what's funny is he hasn't really like anybody with him in the team hasn't won a major in a while Hmm. but it's still like yeah because like double is another really good character that she basically gives you kind of like a get out of jail free card which i was hoping that like at one point that would get nerfed but it didn't so (laughs) so it just sucks having like man i don't know ben is just so annoying he's he's like uh like i don't really even like playing him that much honestly like He's too big, and I don't really like humongous characters like that. You know what character? I don't, obviously, I don't really play Skull Girls, but a character that I kind of like watching sometimes, but she's never played ever, is Pain Wheel. And I don't, I'm, maybe she's just hard to play? Yeah, she's really hard to play. She's kind of like Sentinel in a way, uh, except not humongous. But yeah. she's she's really hard to play. And people, like I said, people don't like putting in the time. They like easy routes. Everybody loves easy routes. It's, like, yeah. it's a really bad human thing. So, like... Ben is an easy route. Like, Painwheel is not. Painwheel is the least played character. Very, very small amount of people actually play her. She's pretty amazing, actually. I she find her really entertaining. Yeah, man. That's cool that you actually do, because usually people don't really find her that cool. But she could basically fly and cancel any normal in the air and fly out of it. So she's pretty OD, man. Even any ground normal, she can cancel it in flight. So she's pretty amazing. Yeah, you just don't really see her. Like, I, I like watching competitive play every now and again. I was like, man, they like... And then when I do see, like, a Painwheel, I was like, oh, shit. It's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. She's really dope, man. It takes a lot of execution, but she's really cool. All right. Toby on Discord asks, is there a fighting game franchise you want to stay dead? He said old, though. Old fighting game franchise you want to stay dead. Oh, an old fi- that's Oh, yeah. That's right. Old fighting game franchise you want to stay dead. What's that one? Is it Clay Fighters? Is that the one? Oh, yeah. That could stay yeah. dead. <laughs> that, that could stay dead forever. <laughs> that could stay. That's a terrible ass <laughs> game. Nobody needs to play that game. Yeah. So there you go. All right, last question comes from Butterdog on Discord. And he asks, do you have anyone who would you call a fighting game rival? I'll say one, and I don't know if he really considered me a rival. The Igus player on uh, Persona 4 Arena. His name was Kaisi, so shout out to Kaisi. Yeah, and I I think I don't, I don't really have a rival, but I call him, I guess, my rival. Like, more of my buddy, but, like, Cuban Chris is probably him. Mm. Since we would play Skullgirls so much, uh... And he, but he plays Bella Ben, and oh, you know, man. it's funny because every time, yeah, man, every time I fight him, I'm like, dude, man, I hate your character. I don't like him. <laughs> it's so annoying, man. Yeah. Like, he's such an annoying thing. But yeah, man, uh, I'd say he's, he's. We have a good time too. I think we we played a lot too, man. I I think I met him just by like the online tournament, and from there we've just been playing for like the last couple of years, man. Hmm. Well, that's it for the questions of the week. We got one final shout out. This is actually a shout out that uh, you actually pinned this in the discords and I looked it up and I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool. GX Grain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, GX Grain gets the shout out of the week. He's an indie developer and he's currently working on a neat little title called Arcus Chroma. And uh, yeah, it's actually, it's it looks neat. It looks really cool. It's like a little indie indie title developed fighting game. And I thought, uh, thought it was pretty cool. No release date as of yet. It's still in development. But when it does come out, yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Especially uh, right now, it's only like 10 euros for the early access. So if you want to support a little indie fighting game, you can go look up Arcus Chroma on Twitter, I think. I saw the game and I was like, oh, I just saw it amazingly on Twitter. So I found some utility outside of, outside of laughing at it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I found some use of it. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I read that like um, someone mentioned, but in that game, you don't actually jump, man. 
So it's just based off like kind of like ground footsies, man. That's cool. Yeah, we need, you know, I like supporting different things, especially in the fighting game space. When when I saw a little bit of that gameplay. Yeah, it looks yeah. cool. It looks really cool. So shout out to GX Grain. They got a frog character, man. I got <laughs> I to hop on that, man. Literally. Yeah. They got a frog character, dude. It's dope, man. Yeah, it, it does look really dope. And yeah, of course, shout out to FGC Hollywood. Thank you. For everybody that's listening and i appreciate the feedback you know we actually got really good feedback last week about the new direction for the podcast and uh appreciate you my friend for joining me for another episode likewise man likewise yeah and uh hopefully <laughs> you uh escape the uh the yeah, craziness dude. that's happening right now in the pacific <laughs> northwest uh, i i think it'll be fine in like a couple of days but we're probably just gonna have to leave tonight or something because like it's not so good for our girlfriend and the breathing and you know it's hazardous air man so it's like we gotta might have to just bounce right <laughs> but yeah unless you got anything else to add i'm pretty that's pretty much the show for this week i'm good man i, ho- I hope you guys have been enjoying this stuff and, and take care everybody and Stay uh, fire free. <laughs> Listen to Smokey, man. You, yo, you know, right quick, right quick. There, I heard that the people, there's some people that started some of these fires, man, in California, man. It was, it was uh, some gender party. Oh, my and God. And another thing, I yeah, someone, one of those. And then another one was like, I think some dude was grilling some food or something. So, Jeez, like, can you imagine Christ. this dude that cooking, weenie, cooking weenies and then he's cooking the world? <laughs> Man, just, I mean, yeah, just so when you wild. think 2020 doesn't have any more tricks up its sleeve. Man, it's trying to put some more, man. Ah, this year can't end soon enough. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I also heard some people are even trying to start some fires, man. There's I like, wouldn't doubt yeah, it. Yeah, man, so it's wild. Yeah, dude, it's wild, man. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Hey, shout outs to uh, Hell Pockets. He's actually in lives in San Francisco, so hopefully he's doing all right. Because I know they they got a bad two over there. So Mm -hmm. it did, man. Hope he's doing all right. Yeah. But yeah, that's all we got for FGC Hollywood PlayStation or PlayStation podcast. (laughs) Uh, It seems seems like a PlayStation podcast because we we talked about PlayStation a lot. But uh, yeah, a fighting game podcast. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Peace out, y'all. Peace.